0: Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. It's been a while, honestly. I haven't haven't done one of these in a couple months uh, because we've been really busy with the Cabana Bay thing, and it's like very grueling and very like tiresome. But um, I have our first, well, aside from my brother Alex, but as, you know our first in-house podcast guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody.
1: Hey guys, so my name is Jonathan. I own Perfect Surface Glazing, finishing company out of work out of the Tampa Bay area, but we're located in Bay City. Okay, about an hour and a half from Atlanta. Um, we've been in business a little less than two years now. Um, I'm the owner-operator. I have one partner, and that's my father. He runs my sales, scheduling, and marketing. So, fairly new company. I um, came across the podcast because I was listening to your podcast while refinishing a bathtub. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I got to hit this guy up. I was like, this awesome. is cool. This is a unique thing, and I wanted to be a partner, honestly. That's awesome.
0: I'm, I'm glad because, like we were just chatting about, and I... I, I I can go deep into it. So that's why I'm like, let's start recording because I got plenty of shit to say. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's so weird with this industry, how people treat like each other. And like, they don't want to, they don't want to share the knowledge for some reason. It's like, they have this fear that like, there's just not enough for everybody, which is, it's just a dumb way of thinking because like we were texting back and forth, like The more that people know about the industry in general, the better for the industry.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's easier to produce um, refinishers that way. Yeah. The growth for everybody is hard right now because of how much work it takes to produce, you know, a quality refinisher. Yep, It takes time and experience. And if, you know, and not many people know about it. So if you don't even, we're dealing with that. Trying Mm -hmm. to find people who are interested in learning this. When I found out about this industry, I was unaware of it. I found out of it out of an opportunity to start my own business and earn a new trade, and it, some of my family did it, but I had no clue that bathtub refinishing was a
2: thing.
0: Yeah, and and it's it's really like I don't know. It, to me, it just makes it seem like it, like that. That's what I was saying. Like the reason I started this is like if it, if I feel like if I don't do it, eventually this industry is gonna die. Because the thing is. There's so much advancement in other industries. Like you see how fast they're building like apartment complexes and houses nowadays. There's going to come a, a, a someone's going to invent a tile that you could just take off and then just pop a new tub in there. Like things are going to happen. And if if we're not advancing the industry like as a whole, it's going to become stagnant. Like I love Midwest Chemicals products, but in my eyes the car industry is on another level. Yeah. Epoxy flooring and epoxy countertops are on another level. And part of the reason is, you know, there's not enough new minds in the industry in general, not even in the coatings and, and all that stuff either. So I agree with
1: you. Cause from an aesthetic, I've had clients who want to have epoxy done yep. because of that, that look that you can get, And mm-hmm. you know, I know what the skills of refinishers have. We could easily create those looks mm-hmm. if we found a way to get new types of products, if we found people to manufacture these looks and an ability and a way to incorporate it in what we already do.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things is like, you know, the preparation process for the bath to refinishing industry still is pretty grueling, like, and pretty, like you have to do everything by the book or else it's just not going to come out. Right. It, it, and you know, there is other things like, you know, painting cars is a little bit more forgiving in a lot of aspects uh, where you don't have to be as careful because you could just come and, you know, wet sand all the mistakes off and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, I've seen, like, the epoxy countertops and they just get a heat gun and all the bubbles come out. And it's like they don't even have to be that careful. <laughs> I know, dude.
1: And, you know, when you guys and you and Trinidad were talking about that. The ability for a bathtub sprayer to do what we do, I, I really look at us as artists. Yeah. The way we can hold that gun and create a finish at the angles we create it, you guys were 100% right. If you could, I could spray a panel mm-hmm. standing in front of me. I mean, I paint kitchen c- cabinets as well. I paint a kitchen cabinet door all day, every day, flat. But what we, I, it's way harder for me to teach these guys to paint a bathtub than it is to paint a kitchen cabinet
0: door. Well, we had a guy uh, come by Cabana Bay, um, because we, in the beginning it was just like we needed people. Mm-hmm. And we were like behind and I found some guy on Facebook and he was announcing that he does bathtub refinishing. Yeah. And he was a car painter. Yeah. I mean the prep, the prep. he did pretty thoroughly. Because yeah. you know, it's it's kinda similar. Are same. Um but the spring and he was like, Oh yeah, it came out beautiful. I'm like
1: You know, it's it's about understanding the product too. Yeah. You know, the product is unique in itself. I've seen differences between manufacturers and how they level, you mm. know, and, and, and working in the field in itself is a whole different environment because things like temperature. Set your cup on the ground for a couple hours and forget about it, and your cup is ice cold. Put your put your product in there, and, you, and it's not going to be thin enough.
0: Sometimes it starts separating Sometimes if you let it sit too.
1: Exactly, much. or you you no, and, and you're not a controlled environment. Yep, that's something that I always. You
0: know, and I guess we'll we'll kind of delve into that a little bit later, but with customers, I always preach like everything that you know that can go wrong, and uh, summarize a little bit and just kind of let them know like you know because you know like nobody likes surprises, and that's a lot of the times people get bad reviews or people like get upset is because people don't communicate or they give false expectations, yeah you know what I mean, yep, so.
1: And and I try to tell my clients all the time like um, nothing's perfect, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna try my best. And I and and what I try to do is always go back, even for the my, most minute details, because I'm so early into my craft. Mm-hmm. It's extremely important that I produce like a quality product to every client.
0: Yeah, and and then yeah. you will slowly like you will slowly find ways to avoid going back and still yeah. giving them like you know if you go enough times the second you know, this another day and you're like, okay, well this, I need to tweak. I need to figure out how I could do this the same day or whatever the hell. And eventually you'll figure out like, oh, I could do this and I don't even have to come back. Yep. And the important thing is, you know, obviously not just making sure that the first impression is like, you know, there, that's a big part of it because obviously if they see it and they think it looks weird, um, you know, or, Looks off, they're gonna just like start nitpicking even more. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I always, I always preach like to my guys and everything to get in front of it. If you see a grout line is off or something, be like, hey, this Let is. Them know, yeah. yeah, exactly. And,
1: and when, I, when I first started, I'm like every refinisher, I made mistakes. Oh, yeah. A lot of mistakes. And so those mistakes that I made in the field and had to deal with the, the client and, and inform them and, and, and pretty much tell them, like, hey, I screwed up and have to come back, it kept me from making those mistakes again. If I just hid them, you know, maybe a run in the corner and not say anything, I'd probably get away with it, but I would never put myself under enough pressure to get better as we finish it. Yeah. So that that kind of helped me because a lot of what I learned was self-taught experience in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going back from my mistakes was actually beneficial for me.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's one, of one of the best things, you know, Having somebody experienced around you is is very, very helpful. There are people who give up because they don't have any support. And again, like I always like I was doing like tips for refinishers and also for customers for a long time just to set expectations in general. Because I feel like, uh, you know, when you tell somebody, hey, we're going to refinish it, or something, they're expecting like a lot of the times customers are sp- expecting it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not always possible under every circumstance, unfortunately. Um, but I wanted to ask you. Um, so, when did you like first start? I know you mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but like, how how did everything like in detail like yeah.
1: start? So, uh, I was in the military um, for eight years, and I had you know a dream of going into business for myself. Um, but I was a fireman by trade. Okay. And so, you know, I loved being a fireman, but I was seventeen when I joined. So it was pretty much all I knew. I loved working with my hands. Um, but I knew I needed to pick up a skill set. Um, I, I went to college while I was in the military, and I knew I didn't want to go down the, the corporate route. Uh, so I reached out to my father, actually, and, and we have cousins in Fort Lauderdale who do refinishing work, Been doing it for a long time. So I went, went with them for a couple weeks and, and went on jobs with uh, one of my cousins. He refinished a couple bathtubs in front of me. I went and purchased a bathtub from Habitat for Humanity and started practicing in my garage. Yep. And so once I got down the prep process, you know, tapering, tapering and papering was you know, common sense. As long as you do clean lines, you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure how do I deal with contaminants? How do I stop getting runs? So I was practicing in the garage on a fiberglass tub. I'd glaze it, glaze it, glaze it, refinish it over and over again until I got the movements down. And then I hopped on one of the um, lead softwares called Thumbtack, mm-hmm. opened my, my business, created my LLC. Opened it up and, and started getting leads right away from there. And then I started going to and do my first jobs in the field. And then that gave me a whole new set of challenges. But I was always able to call my cousin. That's, that's very yeah, important. Having right. support. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was great. Without them, there was no way I was going to be able to do this, especially coming with no experience from the military. But I had 15, 20 years on the phone at one call away. So I'm really blessed that they were able to like, pretty much keep me in business and keep me moving forward through my mistakes because... There's not much content on the internet for these these questions. I would go crazy sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't want to bother them so much because mm-hmm. you know in the beginning you call with a million questions. Hey, what do I do about this? How do I? Just the smallest things. Just remind me one more time how much catalyst.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're like, just, you know, whatever, whatever. Do this, do this, do this. Um, but I was always searching on like YouTube, like how do you fix a run? Mm-hmm. Nothing like that on there.
0: Yeah, and it's it's different because you know if you're. I mean, it's similar, but not really. It's just, like, if you search that up, they're probably going to send you to, like, some drywall fucking repair. Exactly. It's like, similar. interior painting kind yeah. of thing, which is similar. Like, yeah, you sand it down and stuff, but, And it's simple
1: know. concepts, but I was looking at it from a whole new perspective. Someone who was pretty, like, new to the industry, I was hoping that there was going to be someone who was a professional, mm-hmm. who had lots of experience, and who was still current in the industry making this content like anything else. You can go on YouTube and search up like roofing companies, you can learn how to put tile down super easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not many people who are breaking down the refinish process for people because a run, you know, how much should I sand it down? You know, little details like that to where it's and it's completely And what grit to gone. use exactly. for this,
0: it, without damaging it? Tips, different. tips, and
1: techniques so you don't have to make those mistakes yourself. Because I learned, you know, oh, maybe use a little bit finer grit because mm-hmm. I'm just jacking up the finish over here.
0: And and the thing is, is all right, so like my my story is a little different because my dad did this for a while. Yeah. Um. So like he had, not completely established because he did he, he when the internet came around he just was like like lost yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he was still putting uh you know ads in like the paper and stuff and wondering why people yeah. weren't calling and it's it is kind of like things kind of just changed overnight kind of thing. It really did. Uh, because people were getting their news online and like you know, on their phones and why the hell am I going to pay for the paper and, and all that stuff. And so like his business got affected and then he stopped doing it for a while. Um, because he just wasn't in it anymore. Like he just didn't want to do it. Um, and then like 20, like 15 or 16, my brother, uh, he started, you know, doing it with my, my mom was the one that was like, Hey, we need to get something going going. because like this is you know other things you were trying just weren't it so So my brother was like the only sprayer for a while he started when he was 16 um and so he was just you know the fucking workhorse for a long time and um i graduated high school in 2017 i'm still i'm young but i always like I always was like that, like, I'm not going to go into some corporate shit. I also, I don't want to have a boss because I, I just, the way I operate is like, I'm gonna, I just feel like I don't like to be told what to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I always knew I was going to want to do something for myself. And I I feel like I've always had like the entrepreneurial thing. Like, you know, I've always like, Oh, how can I make like a little side hustle, make some money on the side and stuff like that. I agree.
1: Want that creative freedom. Yeah. To yeah, run yeah. it the way you need it ran. And I and I'm the same way with my business. I partner with my father, but we get along so well. Yeah. Luckily. That's great. Like, we're like, we're two peas in a pod. we're always on the same page. And and because we're family, you know, whatever needs to be done usually just gets done. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I couldn't have done this without him, especially coming with no experience. Yeah. Because although he's not a refinisher in himself, he does have tons of experience running a business. And so he set me on the right path where I could use my energy to focus on the trade itself, mm-hmm. you know, because this is a difficult line of work to, to do, which
0: is kind of the same. So I, I guess it's probably a similar story for a lot of people because with us, it's pretty much similar. Like my brother, they were picking up jobs here and there, mm-hmm. yeah. but it wasn't consistent yeah. and people left. We yeah. had other people and they left because there just wasn't work. And when I graduated high school, I, Was dedicating like 12 hours a day to just searching up the administrative business and like advertising side. And I really quickly learned that like you just got to do, in my opinion, I think the most valuable thing I took away from doing all that research is that you just got to do like what you would like to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, the types of ads, the types of things that catch your attention, the kinds of things that you like, make things that are similar. And there are other people that are similar.
1: And frequency. Yeah. Frequency, being consistent is what I've learned with marketing. Yep. You know, coming from a new business owner's perspective, um, I don't have tons of experience with marketing. We Mm -hmm. do use traditional sources of marketing like magazines and newspapers in the local area. Yeah. And what I've seen is that's helped me target the demographic of where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Because I I travel pretty broad because I want to stay busy. Mm -hmm. So I want to work every day. You know, and build the business. And if we're working, the business is building. So we're willing to travel, you know, an hour and a half, two hours at most to complete a, you know, a job that's worth it. Um, But learning how to market, like you said, and and finding that niche with the marketing has truly helped us because we've been able to actually reduce our radius and which helps me and my guys. We're not driving so long and spending so much time on the road and we can get more work done.
0: Yeah. Once you figure it out. It's it's very helpful because, like you said, you yeah. lower the radius down. You're not going as far for jobs. You're not spending as much gas. You're not yeah. in yeah. areas where, you know, yeah. what if a tire pops and you're an hour and a half
1: away? It's like. Eh. Yeah. It's, it's And I've been there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've yeah. been there.
0: Oh, yeah. Me too. On the way back from New Smyrna Beach, I was an hour and a half away from here, and the tire popped on the highway, and it was 5 o'clock at night, and no tow truck came until
1: 8. It was crazy. Luckily, I have AAA. My truck has gone down on me lucky, a couple of times. Lucky you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,
0: but um, so how is the advertising bad. thing,
1: like, on, on Thumbtack, how does that work? So I get, I agree, it's expensive. Yeah? You no, know, it's expensive. You pay, um, say, average bathtub leads on me around $10. Well, that's, that's not really that bad, depending on what you're charging. Exactly. And it depends on your situation. You know, if you have some working capital and you have room for for a marketing budget, Mm -hmm. where we started was, man, we went in and we pretty much built the company based off of the work we were providing. We invested so much back into it in order to get us to a point where we had an actual marketing budget. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're low on money, Thumbtack's great because you can set weekly budgets super easy. Okay. Um, The only thing about Thumbtack is I want to make sure that you do quality work because yeah. people do review frequently um, and those reviews hold value in where you get placed on recommendations to these clients. Okay. So if you have poor work quality and you're getting two, three stars, you're probably not going to get recommended as often, as obviously somebody. as a five-star company or a four-star company. Well, that's good because then it's more like merit based. I like that because yeah, it gives the people confidence. It gives clients confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, they, because Thumbtack, what I've learned is they're pretty particular. They want you to respond within a certain amount of time. They'll rate you on that. They'll rate you on, you know, how many customers actually close with you. And what they've done for us is they actually given us a top pro badge. Because we've done so well with Dumbtack, they, you know, once you earn that top pro badge, they kind of bring you to the top. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that one more validation for the client that, okay, these guys are serious. Mm-hmm. That, that I can trust that they're going to come here and do exactly what they said they're going to do. And And that's where I get the benefit from that platform is mm-hmm. but then it you know you spend a little bit of money on that to yeah. have to get that reassurance so that's where traditional marketing for a small business i think works well too is the magazines we'll pay you know maybe 300 bucks for a, a, a monthly spread in you know, a small magazine in our local area mm-hmm. and i'll get customers from that
2: yeah. you know,
1: easily and then the return on investment is much much more uh much better for us i think that um
0: that's that's really interesting. I've heard I've heard about Thumbtack. I never like actually knew how it worked because most of our advertising is like Facebook or Google. Yeah, um, which is a, it's a little bit more tedious to figure out how to work. Yep. But
1: and that's where I'm at in my business now. Trying
0: yeah. to figure that part
1: out. Well, I'm definitely
0: not no, no business whiz. It's different for everybody because I've had people ask me, and I I tell them like, well, these are the what the keywords we use, but it has to do with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because google is basically the front page of the internet absolutely so like if you're if you're targeting bath to refinishing like the word Mm -hmm. and it's not all over your website they're not going to recommend you over the next guy exactly so you have to be very careful what you choose and you got to make sure that the context is important on google it's all an algorithm
1: you know yeah keywords that you have to hit on and your s they call seo yeah search engine optimization yeah exactly
0: it used to be called, uh, Google was owned by a company called Alphabet, and Google used to all be in alphabetical order. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the companies with A's would always be on the top. Yeah. Um, but now it's like it, it, there has to be context because Google, like, Google needs to know that who they're recommending is relevant to exactly. whoever. So, yeah. like, if I come up first for bathtub refinishing, it's because it's sprinkled all over the fucking website. But if your website just says your name and the services you offer and it's only on there once or twice, you're not going to come up high on Google. And
1: I believe I had a company. When I, first, I I hired a company when I first started to run, open a website for me manage it. The only thing I didn't like is that they, they owned the domain, the domain. And they handled all the SEO. I, needed, I, I actually retracted from that because I needed to learn how to manipulate this stuff myself. And yes. As long as I had a company doing it for me, I wasn't going to well
0: that's also. that's a problem, and this is why I urge people to actually just do the research it It doesn't take as long as you think I mean, I went in on it because i um like from day one, I was like i'm gonna do the advertising the administrative side. I understand the process because I've grown up in it, so yeah. I know it at yeah. the back of my hand. I know what's wrong and yeah. how to fix it and all that but um it really doesn't take that long to learn um you know at least the basics. And the good thing is when you know how to do it yourself, you're not kind of like uh there, there's, like there's kind of like a hierarchy, like you have to go to them and be like, yeah. hey, uh, I'm not converting, and they're like, well, if you get our diamond exclusive plan, we'll get you a thousand more leads. And all they do is spend more of your money. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same thing. Like on Google Ads, they have the same keywords, everything that's been working, but they they're constantly tinkering with it so that you'd be like, Hey, I need more because it's been working. Yeah. And then they'll be like, yeah, we'll just, you pay us $50 extra. We'll put $10 more in ads. That's
1: kind of how it works. I mean, it's a business in itself. Yeah. And and learning your best bang for your buck is important. And like you said, you put the work in. Exactly. You to, to spend the time on the computer and read. And and that's where I'm at right now is and learning it. I learn better from
0: videos, so I watch tutorials on YouTube. Yeah, it teaches you pretty. Much I'm pretty much
1: what I'm doing right now is I'm just I went heads in and I just got on Squarespace. Yep, made a subscription, and I'm designing my website right now as we speak. And it's probably hurting my business that we I don't have it ready yet. Mm-hmm. but it's part of growth, you know, like I need them. I took down the old one. It just wasn't sufficient because it was made by someone else. It wasn't made by a refinisher. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're looking at our website and it's looking like we're going to give you a whole bathroom remodel.
2: Yeah. And, and I
1: wanted it to be, I wanted to show the client exactly what they're going to get. And you guys, you and Trinidad talked about was people aren't showing their process. Like, I think that Instagram is key. That's why I like to do a lot of time lapse. I like to be honest, you know, like, yeah, this is what I'm doing spraying this i'm wiping it this way this is what i'm gonna to do to your tub if you hire me so come take a look i have nothing to hide and this is what it's gonna look like when it's done
0: so so what's some of like the biggest challenges you've had so far like as far you know anything from advertising to actually like the
1: process everything like that um the process in itself was the toughest i would say creating a actual glass finish mm-hmm. you know we can make tubs white you can make a tub look shiny the uh, refinishers know when a tub's been done right and when a tub's been done wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just the, it, it was running a business, getting clients, but also learning to become a true professional at this craft. That was the hardest for me. Um, because of the way my business is set up, I always had the support on the marketing and sales end from my father. So I'm kind of lucky in the sense that that was my only big issue. He handled a lot of the sales and scheduling and kept me busy, and I focused mostly on the craft. But uh, I would definitely say my biggest issue was getting it smooth as, as butter. Mm-hmm. You know, like learning how to see those contaminants and that dust. You might not always see it, you know, just when that first glance. It's really knowing, let me get in there. Let me take a light to the side and see if I see something from a different angle. Because once you've that first top coat, yeah, it's too late now. Yeah, And so... And
0: so- what is your process for people like? that might be wondering, you know, because you, you seem like you got it down pat. I've talked about our process, and yeah. I'll run through it after, but... Yeah, and I, and
1: that's what another reason why I came, because I would love to hear your process to make sure that, you know, we're all doing great work, like, because... I only know my process. People aren't as open as like you say. Yeah. People, I'm not talking to a lot of refinishers and they're telling me all their secrets. Oh, yeah. I will tell anyone my secrets cause you probably doing the same thing. Well, my secrets aren't secrets. Exactly. So that's so, that, that, should be the mindset. There should be no secrets, but I start off, you know, introduce myself to the client, why I'm here. Um, they booked us. So they obviously know we'll go into the, the bathroom. And I, the first thing I'd like to do is take a look before I start anything, see if there's any unexpected, you mm-hmm. know, if I had to make some chip repairs or some crack repairs if there's a leaky faucet at all and I have to um, uh, re-divert the leak. Um, and once we get over all that and we figure out the details, you know, I'll go in and I start, first thing I do is uh, clean the tub and then apply my etch. Okay. And let it sit while I go get my, you know, I scrub it in with a brush to get every surface of the, of the, of the tub covered. Mm-hmm. And then I let it sit for about 25 minutes while I go get my gear ready. So I'll go back to the truck, let that sit for like 25 minutes, come back, clean it all off, dry it up, And then I'll begin the prep process. I like to do all my taping and papering first because I like to work in the tub. Okay, it's easier on my body, and I'm sure that you guys know, like bending bending over over on your knees all the time. I like to sit on the tub because you know I'm maybe doing two, three tubs a day, and you know if I could save my back and my knees a little bit, I'll do it. So I like to prep my tub first around the outside, sit on the edge, and and save my body. Once I have the prep up, that's when I begin the prepping of the surface. Okay, you know, so after I etch it, you know, I'll clean it. I'm always vacuuming it, because I try to eliminate dust as I go, and Mm -hmm. then I begin sanding. If I'm doing a porcelain tub, I usually sand it with a 60 grit immediately, because I want all contaminants, all soap scum, all that off, as much as possible, so I try to hit it in in steps. Etches first, Mm -hmm. sanding second, and then my deep clean wiping is my last, and right before I spray I'll give it a tack wipe, just to get any extra dust that I may have missed to the the visible eye. but yeah, after I after I get the sanding done and vacuum up all that that extra dust, I'll give it a quick wipe with lacquer thinner because mm-hmm. I think lacquer thinner does a great job cleaning the, the surface of the tub before spraying.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and then I'll come in and, and start my spraying process.
2: Okay.
0: So and then do you when when you're doing um, like the primer, do you tack in between coats and everything like yeah, that? Always. Yeah,
1: always. And that's a lesson I learned in hardware. Yeah. Because I didn't have that oversight right behind me for someone to tell me that that was one of those lessons I would call my cousin like, dude, why is my tubs coming out bumpy? I'm giving this thing love. I know I'm prepping it. Right. And he's saying, well, you're probably not thinning your primer enough. You're not going to achieve a smooth finish. And he's, and he's like, are you tack
2: wiping?
1: Well, I was like, what's tack wiping? <laughs> and so he explained it to me. And ever since then I started using that. And now the, my finishes are super smooth because yeah. of that. It's weird. Cause I've noticed it is just like a quick side note.
0: Like, The primer, the aerospace primer has been coming like super thick lately. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We used to not have to thin it.
1: Yeah. What Uh, do you, you thin it with xylene?
0: Uh, Yeah, or sometimes I use the medium reducer, the the, the Midwest Midwest,
1: Okay. Yeah, I've been thinning with xylene and I get pretty good. uh, Xylene is
0: fine. I mean, really, the medium reducer from Midwest is xylene, but it has uh, something else in it that helps it uh, thin like a little bit faster. Yeah. Uh, because xylene, like pure xylene is a slow reducer. Mm-hmm. So it, in certain temperatures, you've got to kind of adjust yeah, it. Yeah, and
1: then that's what I've been learning now, too, is sometimes when I have issues, I actually will let my turbine uh, sit on my cup.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and let it, it heat up? Let it
1: heat up, because sometimes I don't want to keep reducing it, because once I spray it, it's too watery, and then Run. Run. risk runs. So I've learned to be a little bit patient, trust my process, and learn to make adjustments without putting so much solvent.
0: Yeah, you really don't have to thin them that much. Yeah. And even though they recommend like two ounces, you don't ever really have to put that much. Because the thing is, if you read the label, there's already thinner in it. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever... Well, Midwest is right around the corner. Yeah, right? no, I go all the time. That's where I go so, my product.
1: Okay, so what, have you ever seen the mixing... Uh, from afar, like kind of where you pick up the product. I kind of watched
0: one day I was there and my order wasn't ready. And I sat there and I watched and the solids come in like a giant barrel and yeah. they put these gloves on. They come up to here and they okay. mix it with their hand. So like they need to like mix it together. And then they use, they put a thinner in it to keep it liquefied. Yeah. Um, and on the bottles it oh, says that wow. it has Xylene. Yeah. The,
2: yeah.
0: The, the reducers are in there already. So, um, and sometimes it does thicken up anyway, but you you know, there are some times when you really don't even have to thin it, and if you're yeah, doing it, you you know, and like especially during the summer months here, yeah, you, you're risking summer. running for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Now, the primer, I would say, is the exception to that because sometimes if the primer is kind of chunky or yeah. thick, it's even if you mix it, you're not getting it like yeah, thoroughly mixed. I never
1: have to reduce my top coat to ounces. Yeah, no, I lo- I love how the top coat levels. Once you get it dialed in, looks great. Um, but the epoxy, that, yeah, sometimes yeah. that's finicky. But the po- epoxy to me is more forgiving. It is, it you is. You know, so that's my chance to, like, I'll spray. And a lot of times I'll, I'll, I can tell if my gun's spraying correctly once I lay that primer down. I'm like, okay, at least I can work out that kink before I lay down this top coat, you know, um, if, I, if I do have an issue. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I like Midwest Chemicals products.
0: I, I, I do, too. I think... Um, but I do think and I talked about this with Trinidad, I think that there's too much like made about like the products. There is different products. Yeah. But most of them are pretty similar. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so. industry standard stuff and like like uh, I always like see people say like things that make me laugh, like Hawks is like great, but top coat sucks, and I'm like they're, this, they're made by the same people. I don't yeah. know if you guys know that.
1: Well, and if you understand how manufacturing and distribution works, yeah. you'll know how these products get around.
0: Well, yeah, and then for the longest time, refinished bass solutions that sells like, the Equipel stuff, mm-hmm. they used to sell Midwest stuff and just private label it. Yeah. Um, and and there's another
1: manufacturer out of Tampa, or well, distributor, I believe. I'm not sure exactly how the operation goes. They make the product themselves or if they purchase it. Mm-hmm. Um, called J&O. Okay. So I just wanted to put that out there because I was – a Got Tampa guy looking for to get product, and it's not that out there. Yeah. So, all my Tampa guys. That's like another thing that's surprising.
0: How, how do people uh, figure out where to get product other than like, there's only like two or three. When you search up bathtub refinishing coatings,
1: yeah. You, top coats like top the only coat, one that comes yeah, out. Yeah. And you'll that was see, the first one I saw when I even Googled the industry.
2: Yeah.
1: And I almost went to their class because of it.
2: <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, <laughs>
1: you're good. Just because I was looking for any way to get better, I was like, I need a class. And I'm thinking, there's got to be more guys. There's got to be closer. Because we're in Florida. I was like, there's nobody in Florida giving classes? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's freaking water But I'm sure here. there is. I'm sure there is, guys. Uh, but that, like you said, that was the first one to pop up.
0: Uh, there was one called, uh,
1: called Tub Doctor
0: or something like that. Um, I think that's what they were called. No tub king, oh, uh, tub king, and they're the ones that uh, my dad used to send people to when they would ask because okay. they they would teach how he teaches. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but my dad doesn't. My dad did classes for like people who were coming to work, yeah, yeah, like people who literally had no experience and didn't know what to do. Um, and the way my dad teaches is very very unforgiving <laughs> yeah. because um, we don't use the air control valve on the guns okay we take them out Mm -hmm. and then uh we connect the air to the top there's always air coming out um Uh, it doesn't close And, and we the reason we spray like that is because we do a lot of um commercial yeah and if you have constant air pressure and it's always at the highest air pressure and you learn how to spray like that your one coat is two coats and your two coats is four coats no more and you're doing it faster. Yeah. So instead of go- doing yeah. four thin coats with like medium air pressure, mm-hmm. you are spraying a lot more and it's a lot harder to learn how to spray like that. But you go to a house,
1: you give it two coats and you're good. Yeah. Like, you don't like. I agree because I didn't even know that was a technique. Yeah. That's just how I spray too. Yeah. Well, there you I've go. I never used the air regulator. And, and what stage turbine do you use?
0: Um, it just depends. We have a five. We have two five-stage and then one, like, three-stage one.
1: I'm always, I use a four-stage uh, Fuji Mini-Mite 4 uh-huh. because of the portability, and it gives crazy good power. Yeah. You know, it's up there with the state, a five-stage, and then I have a five-stage Fuji and a, and a five-stage Titan
2: cap spray.
0: Well, we used to swear by, it, like, the, the old cap spray ones. I don't like the new ones because I just feel like they're made very cheap. Yeah and like the old ones were made out of metal and i have a bunch of them in the back i'll show you yeah they're like hard yeah but the new ones are made out of plastic and the switches go bad on them and they're cheap and i just feel like if i'm paying 1200 bucks for a a new compressor like Mm -hmm. the quality should be there like the graco systems look more you know built 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 than that so you know and then the thing is also like I try other things. Like, recently we've been using these ones called Avanti, yeah, which yeah. are... Uh, uh, Harbor Freight. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. looked into those. Things. I'm not going to lie. They're kind of impressive for what it is. I
1: recommended that to another family member that I taught. Yeah. And I, he was like, what do you think of this? I'm like, honestly, They're I would good. go for it.
0: You know you know what's funny? They use uh, aftermarket parts from the cat spray system.
1: I'm sure. It's yeah. all the same... You know, when it comes to how they build these machines, I mean, I'm I don't know because I'm not a, I don't build them, but I'm assuming that it's like anything that's built, the products are manufactured first, and then you assemble them, and then sometimes you may have to manufacture a special individual product for your product. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the technology is not that complicated. These are simple turbines applying simple pressure. What we really need in the industry is turbines that last. Yeah, turbines that you could beat the hell out of because. It's one thing when we own the when we own the turbine, right? We know how much we spent. Employees don't. They don't they don't care.
0: But that's the thing I was saying about those old systems. I mean, a lot of them are like over ten, fifteen years old. They're still good. They're still good, but the thing is the maintenance on them because the design was different back in the day, they you know they they weren't thinking people are gonna be using these things forever and ever. But so like they're kind of a pain in the ass to maintain. Now, the new ones they're cheaply made, but they're easier to maintain. Yeah. But it's yeah. like if it's built cheap, it's not going to last anyway.
1: I have a uh, Fuji Q5 Platinum. Uh-huh. I really like that machine because you can adjust the uh, turbine speed with a dial. Oh, yeah? So sometimes, like, I use it at, the, at my shop when I do refinish out of cabinet doors. sometimes because sometimes I don't want so much pressure to reduce a lot of overspray within the shop. Okay. And so I can actually turn the dial and not have to mess with the airflow and, it, and, and it'll reduce how much pressure because, you know, I'm, if we're spraying, you know, cabinet coatings, they're a little bit thinner than our bathtub products. Yeah, for sure. So you, uh, stage five may be a little overkill, but I don't have to go switch out the machine. I can just turn the dial down and take it down to a three-stage. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool tool that a bathtub refinishes because sometimes, you know, if it's a hot day, you may not need as much pressure. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, and sometimes, um,
1: you know, sometimes those will that little bit of an adjustment is the difference between seriously, because we're talking perfection. Yeah, these finishes. I've I've gone to tu- I've refinished tubs that have been refinished prior, uh-huh. and I'm like, whoever did this tub knew what the hell they were doing. Like yeah. I'm like, this tub looks good. I'm like, I just want to make it just as good.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: and and that's hard because a, a well t- well done tub, and uh, when a refinisher tells you your tub was done well, you know. And what are like uh. What's like a big nightmare
0: that you've had with a client? Because I know we've all had those.
2: Hmm.
0: One that was like, dang, man, like that shouldn't have happened. Or, you know, a a screw up kind
1: of a thing. Oh, man. I had a guy fall in a shower after he refinished it. So, and and he didn't. I mean, he was a great guy. He just made a simple mistake. And just trying to reach that top corner, you know, that last little. And his foot slipped. Fell into the finish floor all of it messed up he came out covered covered in top coat and i was and he calls me and i'm like tell him what happened and you know we'll go and take care of it it wasn't much of a nightmare but i was like wow it's just crazy i mean there, there's, always, there's always he put love into that shower too that's the worst part is when he, he he refinished it you know it was looking amazing and at the very end
0: i had a technician named Jean, which she's not here anymore for other reasons but uh he was really gifted, a gifted sprayer. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he, I mean, he did a fantastic job constantly. But one day, um, he went with somebody who was new. And uh, while he was, like, cleaning up and stuff, because we, just to put it into context, we don't re-grout. I don't do it. No, I don't do it either. And I also tell the customers, like, hey, they're missing grout. There's cracks in the grout. You're going to have to grout it before routed after with white grout or silicone or caulking. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And so she was pointing out like a little line and he put his hand on the tub and went and reached for it and was like, oh, is this what you're talking about? And she's like, isn't that
1: wet? And when he lifted it up, he took like all the top coat with him, just covered in top coat. I mean, I've made those mistakes. I, I actually, I've been like tearing down prep. <laughs> oh, yeah? And paper will just, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, that's that that hurts that hurts that it sucks. hurts when
0: it's something it very dumb yeah or when a customer is the one that touches it oh my god yeah I've had I had one time a, a client who was like hey uh, there's like a blue stain on this tub and I'm like where and they sent me a picture of it and it's clearly a stain from some jeans
2: like, yeah
0: and, he, and and the thing is I was like I'm gonna go back over there right now he's like okay he still had the white stain on jeans, and I was like you didn't said, no I would never I'm like Okay. That's great. It's like uh, there's uh you know the, the saying the customer's always right. I <laughs> They're not always right. They're not always right. And and there's a lot of know it alls that I, I and it's not everybody. Like I, I'm very respectful to the customers and if they have legit experience, but it's always the car painters for me. Yeah. they're there, yeah. like, Well, I know how this goes and it's like Yeah, oh, but um but, yeah, I get stuff like that all the time. One time a guy, uh, he requested, like, a warranty claim. It was similar, like, the route line thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but he, like, reversed the check he gave us. And I got a call from the bank the day it happened. Yeah. Like, and we were already over there fixing his, his uh, like, bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, like, what's up with this? And he's like. Oh, well, I thought you guys weren't gonna come back and all this stuff, and I'm like, well, I can't give you a warranty if you haven't paid, my guy.
1: Yeah, right. the check, brother. <laughs>
0: so and then so he was like, he started getting really defensive. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna leave. At that point, my guys had sanded like three fourths of the bathroom because yeah. it was one of those tubs with tiles everywhere. Yeah. I just left it like that because he he had no intention of paying. I was like, I can't take another check because yeah. I don't I don't believe that you're gonna like the, the fact that you would do that and be like, hey, just yeah. so you, you know, like I've had that happen where customers are like, I don't know if you're gonna come back, so I'm gonna just to be safe, and if anything, I'll pay you cash once everything's right. But
1: people lose sight that we're people. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean we're companies, but we're people.
0: Yeah, and the thing is it's like once they take the money away, it, it's not like it's not all about the money, but once they take it away, it's telling me like, okay, is there gonna be a scenario where, where we finish it, everything's perfect, and he's unhappy with it again? And then I'm just gonna, you know, at that point, it's like once you're coming back to a job three times, you might as well just call it.
1: Like, yeah, the profit's gone. The profit's gone the profit's anyway. Gone.
0: So I was like, I'm not even gonna entertain it. Like I've just been through it enough to where I don't entertain the BS from certain types of people. Yeah, and. You know which ones they are mm-hmm. a lot of the times from the beginning.
1: I t- I t- you know, I tell my guys, you don't want to come back. Just do it right first, too. Exactly. You know, That's like, true. don't try to hide it because this sucks worse. Yeah. And, and we go back together. We're, you know, we're a small company. So I had, at most, I had two technicians who were spraying and uh, two preppers. Mm-hmm. Now I'm down to one technician for the holidays and you know how things go. But uh, I mean, we all go back I'm not going to go handle all the repairs and you can just, no, we're going to go. I want you to see what you did and, and we're going to go fix this together. And what it, t- what it taught them was, I don't want to go back. I'd rather just go start another project.
0: And one of the things is it's very tricky. And that's part of the reason why now, like, that was the last time that yeah. I did a job without. Now I put a disclaimer that's gigantic on paperwork. This was years ago. So it was when we were first starting yeah. about the grout situation because it was a grout thing. We try to cover it with caulking, but then they started pointing other things out and all that stuff. But at the, end of, at the end of the day, like, ever since I did that, I just get a better quality customer that understands, like, hey, this is part of the process. This is not perfect. Yep. And, like, we barely ever get people complaining about that anymore. And it's honesty.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not going there and giving you like a new shower. We are yeah. refinishing the current shower.
2: Yeah, which you know, you know. And, and
1: and if you want to take the time to fill every crack, sometimes I do. Yeah, I really read the the client, and I also sometimes will like will go the extra mile for a client that's you know easy to work with, cooperative, makes it easy for me to get for in sure, and out of the yeah. house, and doesn't give us a hard time. I'll, if there's a couple grout lines that are missing, I'll caulk them. But I never mm-hmm. state. <laughs> that's crazy. I never stated that like, you'll, all your grout will be perfect because it's impossible. Yeah, it Some, is. Like you said, sometimes it's crazy, and you just, you're going to be here all day. I've gone to houses where
0: the tiles are held up by silicone. Yeah. And then you're removing it, and the tiles start coming loose, and I'm
1: just like, uh-uh. I I'm went not. back to a fiberglass repair, actually, yesterday morning, and I did because he said it was cracking. And what ended up happening was it was in a mobile home. The wood underneath that supported the fiberglass rotted, and so the coating was cracking because of the fiberglass flexing from them putting their weight down. Okay. And so the coating I applied on top was hairline cracking due to all the flexing of the fiberglass. And so I was like, look, technically, the patch is done, and, I, and, I, and it worked. I was like, it's just that you have bigger issues here. But instead of just blowing him off and, and telling him it's not my problem, I'm going to go back, and from another refinisher I actually found on Instagram, I'm going to give it a, another Um, fix Mm -hmm. that I picked up off of some other refinisher, which I'm going to give them a shout out today because they answered my comment and it actually taught me a new skill on how to apply the, the four pound urethane foam underneath the fiberglass and add some support, Mm -hmm. shave it down, seal it back off and help this, help this client out because they're, they're, they're too old. Yeah. You know, and and it's going to cost them a little, a little fortune to replace that fiberglass. So although it's not my responsibility I do care about my clients because for sure. I mean, they, they feed my family. So, yeah. and I, I, I always, it's not like it's more like you know, there's a certain
0: type of client, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that I'm talking about. But obviously, yeah, yeah you always want to have good customer service. I always go back. Yeah, I do a lot of courtesy with warranty stuff, even you yeah. know, even if I know that yeah. they messed it up. Yeah. But I always make it known that I know what happened. Yeah, because it can get out of hand. Yeah, well, because you'll have the person that's calling you. I had a lawyer that we did a job for, like, 2019. And he was kind of just dirty. <laughs> and he never cleaned his bathroom. And he called us, like, four months in a row without fail. Like, hey, the shower's staining."
2: staining.
0: Yeah. It was just dirty. Like, we, you, you would, like, grab your fucking finger and just go like this. And it would just come off.
1: Yeah, I would never go do something
0: like that. And then, so at that point, I was like, I'm not going to come here anymore. I'm sorry. And then he's writing to sue me because he's a lawyer and all this stuff. And I'm like, you need to report to your law firm that you're just trying to, like, yeah. like screw. You know.
1: flag, and then he
0: blocked me and then just, like, stopped talking to me. It's
1: also, like, what was it, a bathtub?
0: It was a shower. The shower floor, you know how, like, the grout lines were, they're yeah, covered? He yeah. was like, oh, that keeps staining on the floor. And we literally were, went up to him and we're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> ah, I like, just because you got to refinished doesn't mean you don't have to clean it anymore.
2: Exactly. Cleaning is a lot Actually, easier. You need, more, you need to clean it more now.
1: Well, yeah. If you want it to last. If you want it to
0: last. Well, I, also, it, but the cleaning is easier. So even though it's more often, it's like a lot of the times you can just spray a detergent on yeah. there. And with a towel, everything comes off. Just something I try to tell hotels which is another thing. I, I don't know if you've done many hotels.
1: No, I haven't. That was another thing. Your whole hotel experience that you got with the commercial industry is new to me. So
0: Commercial was, is very different. Because of a couple things. Number one, they clean every day. Yeah. And number two, there's always new people in there. So it's different because like the process is the same, but the way you gotta explain maintaining to them is way like you have to you have to babysit. Yeah. And you won't believe how multimillion dollar properties ignore you until you start sending them bills. Yeah. I'm doing this hotel. I'm not afraid to talk about it because, you know, I've been communicating with them. It's Cabana Bay Beach Resort, the hotel from Universal that we're doing. Yeah. And there we're doing 15 tubs a day. Okay. It's like six people, five, well, five and then me and my brother. So, yeah. um, and we're knocking them out. We're doing good. In the beginning, we had a couple of issues and, um, but overall, like, everything's been coming out good and, and stuff. But they're, they've been using, um, like, the, Mid- Mixter, the Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. And the thing is, it's not a huge problem. Like, uh, they, we have smaller properties that use them, and it's not an issue because they'll just, like, wipe with it. But there are some people in this hotel, and it's not all of them, but some of them who, like, they'll fucking, like, go in with yeah, it. Yeah. And there's physical scratches on the tubs. Yeah. And then, like, it'll open up a chip. It'll start to lift. And I see the scratches. Yeah. And I see the area. And I can see that, like, well, I'll pull with my finger, but it'll stop right there. Like, it's yeah. not like it's all unadhering. Yeah. And then you could see the physical edge on the top, so I know it's not an edge problem. And I've had to, like, for two and a half months, I've been telling them, you guys need to stop using the Magic erasers. Stop. Stop. Oh, we can't. We can't. We can't. For months. I go to the director of engineering's boss because I, he's the one that I met for the project anyway. And I don't like to bother him. Cause he's like from regional, like for Lowe's hotels. Yeah. But I was telling him like, this was what's happening. And we've been telling them for two months and there's been like no change. And he was just like, let me handle it. 30 minutes later, he's like, they're pulling them off the
1: cards today.
0: Damn. And then they, they're using like regular sponges now,
1: but talk to the right guy.
0: Yeah. So, but the problem that's coming up now is that they're under the impression that now that because they changed it now, that there should be no problem with those tubs. <laughs> but it's like you guys already compromised some of them. Some of them aren't going to start messing up right away. It's gonna, there's going to be a little period where we're there. And I'm, I've, I've been willing to fix over 40-something tubs for free. But when, when they're still doing it and then they just change the thing and it's like, I got to make money here, dude. And I'm, I'm yeah, going back to rooms. I sent them the bill. I sent them one bill. They freak the fuck out, like, like not to me, yeah. But I get calls from hotels that we work at, like, you guys know that Cabana Bay is calling, asking for references, asking us what we used to clean and like all this stuff. And to me, it's just like they—they're under this weird impression that I'm just trying to send them the bill for repairs, and that it's like our fault when I've been telling them for two months what the problem is, and I've been fixing them for free on top of it. They had—they were not making calls, they were not looking for references. Up until the point I sent them the bill. When we were doing it for free,
1: they were like, this is great. But well, you're speaking their language now. Yeah. You know, yeah. the bill speaks their language because money talks. Exactly. And so when you want to talk, well, I, you have more experience than me. So I'm just assuming from the conversation that you know, you're dealing with some sort of corporate. Yeah. And, and that's what matters. So. Well,
0: my first point of contact has to be someone in the hotel. Yeah. Obviously, because they're there and they're going to be there all the time. So... Obviously, my point of contact is Director of Housekeeping, Director of Engineering, mm-hmm. and I'm running it by them. I'm like, hey, this shouldn't, you guys shouldn't be using this. We're going to fix it, but please look into fixing it. Yeah. Okay, 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 but we can't, we can't, we can't. Okay. Well.
1: You found yeah. out a clever way to set the standard, though, for the future.
0: Well, yeah. Well, this is what I'm doing now. Like, I, I, I don't like to go over people's heads because if he's the point of contact, I would like to. I don't want to bother those guys. They got busy jobs Jobs, and they earn those positions. They shouldn't be hearing about low level shit. You know what I mean? But when I bothered the guy
1: about it, he's like, no, like you get well within your right to like, well, in the military, we use a chain of command. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you followed the chain of command and sometimes the chain of command, when you have a break in it and it's not being effective, you have to go above, you know, that, that first level. And so, you know, you just did what needed to be done. And what you're going to do is you're going to see, you know, better results from that contract now yeah and then two and a half months you know of me
0: telling them something and them not listening it's honestly it's really less about the money and more about the image because that hotel like the all right so the way that we got that hotel was we met at a it's like a networking event that we went to we met the he was the regional director of uh, contracts for lowes hotels okay. and he does like all the contracting stuff cuz they're doing renovations yeah and then we met another guy who's like like he oversees all of the region basically and they were both like you know my brother went we introduced ourselves we told him what we did and you know he mentioned that they were doing a renovation and they were like all right you know like come in contact with us come do a demo all this stuff so like those were our first point of contact um so like you know when i when i go to them with this stuff it's like i know that they assigned this guy director of engineering and the director of housekeeping to like oversee the project yeah but i made it very clear like this is two months of them not yeah not you know listening and what i care about is my image to them yeah. because whatever i don't care what director of engineering and what housekeeping thinks about me i care about the regional guys who make the decisions exactly care. Or, or, or C or whatever. I, that's what I care about. Yeah. Because they oversee other hotels and it's potential to have more business. And, and that's the relationship that matters.
1: Yes. And protect it.
0: Yeah. And even if we don't have more business, I would rather have him, if somebody says, hey, have you guys used the bathtub guys before? And him say, yeah, they did a fantastic job mm-hmm. and there was issues, but they you know, told us about it and we fixed them. Then them say, yeah, all these tubs are peeling. And I don't know, but my director of engineering tells me this. I want to make sure that if there's a problem that's not been fixed in a number of time, like, you know, in a, in a time span, yeah. that the guy upstairs hears because if he doesn't hear, he's only hearing filtered information from some somebody else. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, that's really what I care and, about. And it's never wrong. I, I wouldn't say it's wrong to keep the, the, the man in charge informed. Yeah. You know, like... Obviously, there's a breaking communication somewhere. Yeah, and and you're here to do a, a job. For sure, you know, so you're trying to make sure your your end of the bargain comes out correct. So I I feel like you did exactly what needed to be done, and I think you're kind of setting a tone in the industry, you know, because I don't I'm sure there's other guys getting commercial contracts. Yeah, you know, um, but you're the only one talking about it on a podcast.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't care about talking about mistakes our, our mistakes or their mistakes and what happens like. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot, yeah. really, because even if there is 40 tubs peeling, it's, like, out of 400. And all it really takes is one person yeah. who's being a little too crazy with the magic eraser. Those housekeeping people clean 15 rooms a day. If they do it for five days, guess what? That's 75 rooms a week. And you fixed them.
1: Yeah, So and I'm fixing them. They still got the product that they paid for. But
0: now they know. I'm sending them a bill. Like, exactly. and, and so I think we came to an agreement. That what we're going to do is, going forward, when I see something with scratches, I'm just not going to touch it. I'm waiting for their approval because I'm going to charge them. And if we can agree yeah. that these physical scratches, which are on our warranty, like if, I, if we can't agree that I charge you for this, then we'll leave it to the end and we'll, we'll, you know, yeah. we'll come up with a solution towards the end of the project. But I can't pull my guys that aren't at the project in to do something for free if it's not actually our fault fault. and there have been some that are our fault because when you're working in scale it's very hard to determine yeah and and not just that the process is difficult because like all these rooms look the same there's so many of them Mm -hmm. you're in this hallway every day like the room numbers start getting jumbled and like you might miss the etching one
2: yeah
0: it's not like super common but it might happen. And yeah. if it does happen, yeah. we know.
1: Well, you know, I'm sure you know the more you up quantity. Yeah. You obviously are going to have to reduce quality.
0: Yeah, well, up to a certain, like, there, there, there's a. So, not entirely. Because if you have the people, then it's not an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it only happens when, if you're trying to do everything yourself or with one other person. So, how
1: do you manage your oversight? How do you, like, with your guys?
0: You know? So, everybody, we have five people people that do the actual work Mm -hmm. everybody preps three okay start to finish which is not crazy amount of work yeah and then the sprayers spray so i have one guy that shoots primer on 15 okay and the other guy shoots the top coats on the 15 okay um so that's the way we we control the quality in the beginning it was kind of hard to find that balance because our original idea was all right we're gonna have three sprayers we're gonna have three preppers and They're each going to ride together and they're each going to prep five rooms each. I like it sounded good on paper, but in practice it was just hard because the sprayers tend to be the guys to have the most experience. And then on top of that, they're spraying. So they'll prep three rooms in the time it takes the other guy to do two. And next thing you know, he's doing a lot of prepping and a lot of spraying on top of it. Yeah. So the way we broke it down now is that everybody's cohesively doing less work. Obviously the sprayers have to do a little bit more, because they have more experience, and that's also why they get paid more. Yeah. So, they're, you know, exactly. They have more responsibility. So, but in the beginning, because we were still finding our footing and stuff, some of them slipped through the cracks. And it's yeah. not like, you know, it's not like we missed the edge completely on one of them. It's like they didn't get this corner as I well mean, as they should have. It's not and, a
1: far fetched concept for me to grasp, you know. Like, I'm sure any refinisher could see how. Yeah. When you have multiple crews and multiple people. That's what I was saying about the quality. It, it's tough. That's oh. your challenge now, which is interesting coming from a, a perspective of my business where I'm not really there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, I, I'm interested in how you handle like, that oversight issue.
0: I mean, you, you, it's literally like you said in the beginning when you're learning from scratch. You need to make the mistakes. Exactly. And then once they come up, you start tweaking. Yeah. Because 1,800 rooms is a lot of rooms. We've been there since October. And we're about 400 and something rooms in. Yeah, I mean, we still have 80 percent of the project left.
1: How did you How did you project um, timelines when you pro- when you when you contracted out that many rooms? Do you have a lot of experience doing jobs this size? Yeah. Well, yeah. well
0: we've we've. I mean, yes. yes not not in like not- unit quantity per day mm-hmm. but in like the scale of the job and how long it's going to take and how much labor we need
1: how much you could actually produce in a day with yeah, your crew
0: exactly gotcha. because we we kind of we, we've done like 10 per day that's kind of like the max we've done before this project gotcha and then the exception to that would be if one day we're behind then we'll put a little extra maybe 12 13 whatever um but we've done 10 a day and we know that we can comfortably do it with three people okay so Assuming, yeah. you know, comfortably with three people, two more people, 15 should be a piece of cake.
1: Yeah. It's not. Yeah, but it's doable. But it's doable. Yeah.
0: Um, and so we're still tweaking it. I mean, um, the other day, and this is when you're dealing with people and like, that's the thing that you're going to learn when you start doing commercial stuff. Um, when you're dealing with people and different people's personalities and the way that they do things. You have to have control. It doesn't matter how much of a cool or nice boss you want to be. You have to put control. And you have yeah. to set expectations to when things need to be done. Because if not, one guy slacks, everyone's going to start following suit. Yep. That's what's happening here. We had a day last week. Because obviously Chris is breaking stuff. We were in the swing of things. We were getting 15 done consistently. Yeah. Chris's break comes. We're back to like being there till 7 or 8 o'clock. It's freaking crazy.
1: You know? because we're that momentum again.
0: Yeah. So... The first day, come back, we do 15, finish at 6. And we didn't really start working until 11 because the room keys weren't ready, which is another mess. But the hotel short-staffed because it's right after the holiday, so I get it. Yeah. Well, we finished at 6 o'clock, not that bad. The next day, they give us 10. We finish at 8.30 with the same amount of people. Tell me how that happened. <laughs> yes, energy. it's It's just, it, it not, yeah, one person is like behind, and then the people are like, well, you know why would I start? You know, and that's that's tough as a business owner in general. It is because so, you're leading these guys, and yeah. then and then I asked them because, like, I'm like, well, you know, what are we gonna do? Because this is a problem. We can't, and, and we can't like have people leaving and then like things not being done and yeah. being there for 12 hours for no reason. Because we like again, we've done 10 with three people, and we're finishing at three o'clock sometimes.
2: Yeah,
0: so. You know, and then
1: that, that's part of the job is what I've learned. Is I mean we as as the owners can predict as best as possible. We always know that. You just never know you do. what hey, you're yeah. gonna run into that day.
0: Yeah, you really don't know what's gonna happen. Um but when you're dealing with different people, you gotta that's why like I've learned that a lot of these policies it's like you hear at businesses and stuff, it's because it's you might be like, wow, man, they only let you have a 30-minute lunch break, but it's because, probably because some guy one time was like, yeah, I'll take my lunch.
1: It took two hours. Yeah. Like, happens. And, and, and that's what I like about small business. Like, right now I have one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's me and him doing most of the technician work. Um, but at one point we had about five. Yeah. Um, and what they get working with us is that face-to-face. Yeah. You know, yeah. I... You need 45 minutes because you need to t- talk to your wife, man. Go take your 45 minutes. But I know when you come back that your heart's into this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the only way you're going to keep your crew running, too, is those guys generally just got to be want to be there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing, too. But also, and it's just personality stuff. What, yeah. There are some people who they are overly focused on what others are doing. Yeah. And so they'll start bogging down if they see that other people aren't where they're at. Yeah. Because they're like, well, everything's not going to start until this happens. And we're going to finish late anyway. And so everything starts getting jumbled. Yeah. So, so our new fit plan, because I, we're, it's constantly changing. Like, again, we're still pretty early in the project. Like, yeah, we're 400 tubs in, but it's like a huge project. There's 1,400
2: left. It's yeah. not like we're yeah. just going to.
0: So the new plan is I'm going to have to set times to where things need to be done. So all the prepping start to finish because everyone needs to do three. Mm-hmm. They need to be sanded, they need to be etched, they need to be masked no later than Yeah. They need to get there at 8. Yeah. So
1: that's a good five-hour, four-hour. So that's five hours. Yeah, and it's good to set those timelines for them because it gives them something to work towards. Exactly. And small goals are always more achievable than when you look at the picture from this grand scale. Yeah. They're like, damn, dude, I got 1,800 tubs. But if you look at it as like, okay, I just need to get these five tubs prepped by one thirty, my boss is good, man. Yeah,
0: and I'll I'll be good because at that point the spraying could start. We can't when you're doing it at that scale, the spraying can't be starting at four or five. You're gonna be there for three hours. It's a lot of spraying. Yeah, and then tacking and and, you know it's just we do the process by the book, but it has to be done at a at a
1: a rate. Yeah, that that that's actually returning times that. Contract it out because you can't be there just forever,
0: yeah. And then one of the things we were doing, and I'm just telling you this because, in case you're ever on a project, you know to avoid these things, okay. For the longest time, because my dad used to run projects and he used to do it a certain way, and we used to set up a room that had like a home base with every all the equipment and stuff. But when you're doing this many rooms, it becomes inefficient, yeah. Because if your home base room is on one side of the hall. And your last guy's rooms is all the way on the other side, 15 rooms down. Every single time he needs something, he's got to walk all the way over there, all the way back. And it just becomes very tedious. Also, they, you know, because the home base is so far and they got to put stuff back, Yeah, they tend to just leave things in the room and you'll start finding things that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And it just becomes unorganized. So, so do
1: you do the spraying yourself? Right,
0: I don't, my brother, uh, he, he used to be the only sprayer, but now we have two sprayers, and he kind of oversees them, or he'll step in.
1: So he's project manager.
0: Yeah, okay. and, and so, like, I don't do the spraying myself. Okay. Um, but now that what we're doing to just manage the project yeah. is everyone's going to get, like, a crate has wheels on it. Yep. Everything that you need to prep your re is going to be in there. Yeah. There's going to be no more back and forth. That's another thing that's going to cut down. Efficiency
1: Time. little steps in efficiency, like change the game for you, yeah, and you don't realize it. especially when you're doing all the work yourself, yeah, you start like I, I, and that's why I ask because you're you're coming at it from a different perspective, you're not actually applying the finish, you can look at the inefficiencies in the process, yep, you know, so you're looking at it, he may be solely focused and damn dude, why do I got to walk a hundred feet but you're that's not for him to worry about mm-hmm. that's for you to worry about, and you've come with solutions yeah. so I think you guys are on the right path, man. And you're going to, and I'm listening. Cause I, I, you said, like you were saying, I don't want to make the same mistakes that now I know oh, if I ever land oh. that gig, I'm going to say, you know, we should probably get some cards. And you will
0: like, there is so much opportunity here in Florida in general, but Orlando, Tampa, all those areas are like heavily populated with hotels Yeah, and you will one day land something big and you need to know like things to avoid just from the beginning. Like, and there, there are certain things that like you gotta account for. Don't sell yourself short just because it's a big gig. Yeah. Charge what you charge. need to charge because at the end of the day, man, like the hotels, they'll bitch and moan all they want, but they, they they'll happily go spend a million dollars on a lobby renovation.
2: Yeah.
0: That people are gonna visit once a day, if that. That's how they stay rich. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, know, <yeah>, they'll <laughs> bitch and they're moan. They're frugal. But, they're frugal.
0: But you know, I I like I've done it all. We've Not done bad. we've done hotels cheap and then we regret it. Yeah. We've done it. You know like you know where uh we're like, yeah, we think we can make this much here, but then it doesn't work out as planned it's you're always learning, especially when you're doing a big project, but there always comes a point without as you're, as you're, fail, as you're
1: elevating you know you're always going to have those new obstacles you haven't faced before, okay? yeah, yeah, so, and you're over, and we're overcoming it
0: yeah, but and then, like I was gonna say, there always comes a point where you reach like, okay, this is what's going to work, and it's working, and it just keeps working, yeah, so it happens all the time, if it's not. Perfect. Do you have any questions about, like specifically about that type of side of it, the commercial industry? Yeah, like even getting clients, I can tell you.
1: Yeah, you know, how do you start? How do you start your canvassing? You know, do you just go into any hotel? Do you find a need for it? Do you um, wait for them to
0: reach out to you. Sometimes that that happens. Yeah, it's always better when they reach out to you, um, but you got to set the expectation that you'll be able to handle that. Because they, they do research, like yeah. they go on our website, they see all the hotels we do, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, so when you pick up that first commercial thing, whether it's an apartment or a hotel, like having a documentation of it and your process and how everything is coming out and how it's looking, that's very important because they'll see it. Yeah. Um, but and obviously, when they're calling, they're kind of already half sold. Yeah. They're calling because yeah, they're, they're calling. Like, they have a desire. Exactly. But there is something to be said about going and getting it. Um, it's a little bit harder, and you know, you have to be comfortable with rejection because they will reject you. Yeah. But there's going to be one or two who are like, leave me a card. And if you do it enough times, some of them will call you. Yeah. Hey, we had a tough come up, and you want to, you know, make sure you get to them, make sure that um, you do a good job, leave an impression because hotels in Florida, especially because of the tourism. They renovate every couple of years.
2: Yeah. Our usage.
0: And exactly. And so if you, even if that director of engineering or housekeeping guy, like even if you leave the impression just that you did a good job and that hotel is renovating, he might get a new position, a new hotel that is renovating, call
1: you up and be like, Hey, I got like 200 tubs to do. And so you could build a client, like it, it, building a client is almost better than getting a single sale. It is because it really the return Return on that individual is, is so much greater than that one that one project.
0: And they bring you with them. They yeah. pull you like, hey, I'm I'm at this place now because people
1: don't want to keep looking. Yeah. If they find someone and you do good work and they know your pricing, especially someone who's running a department, yep. you know, in a commercial setting, if he's running a whole department, he doesn't want to have to keep thinking about who he's going to get next. Yep. So your impression that you make on that on that person is is important, and even residential because people move. Mm-hmm. I love flippers, yeah. flippers wow. investors, flippers man. They they keep us busy all day. And day. also, you do got warranty on a lot of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. not like
0: you're not gonna do a, you're gonna do a bad job or nothing. But not having to worry about. I mean, it you're right. You're right. From a business it's,
1: perspective, it's the best. You know, I have this guilty thing though. I'm always like, man, some little lady's gonna buy this house and it's gonna start peeling. And I'm like, just 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 do it right. Just do it right. Yeah,
0: you always yeah. you always want to do it right. But at the same time, there is some comfort in knowing like. I'm never going to get a call back. This there place. is.
1: Seriously, there is. I'm not going to lie. There is. So,
0: um, But, and then as far as acquiring them, go to hotels. Don't be scared. Talk to general managers. Talk to directors of engineering. If they tell you they're at a meeting, card or something. Yeah. And just, you know, I always ask for a card. I'm like, hey, can I get the card for the director of engineering? If you have his email, you have his phone number. Those guys always check their emails on their phone because they're dealing with vendors and stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah. And they're the ones that handle that type of thing. So odds are they see your email or your call. Um, but if you can catch them in person, that's really what you want. Yeah. And then you just explain to them what you do. Yeah. Um, I, What I do is I always tell them, like, cry me out on the house. Yeah, We'll do one. Let me know when we can come by. And that makes them feel like you're not just selling to them. You're trying to show them, like, hey, do a good job.
1: Yeah. That's a good technique.
0: And I'm going to give away a secret. <laughs>
1: you don't have to if you don't want to.
0: Uh, well, this is just something that I do. Yeah. People aren't going to do. But maybe you will. And this is why I'm like, you know, I, I, something that I do. So I have two different business cards. Okay. I have a business card for regular people. Yeah. I have a business cards for people. Or higher-ups. Yeah. And those cards are made out of metal. Uh, you know why? Image. They're not going to throw them away. That's smart. People don't throw things away, even if, like, like, they'll throw a paper card away
2: all day. Yeah.
0: But a nice metal one, it looks like it costs some money. They're probably just either going to keep it on their desk, keep He's it in their wallet. He's going to look at it more. He's yeah. going to be a little bit more impressed. And also... If there's an opportunity for you to give out a paper card to somebody there and give them the special one, yeah, then they feel like they earned, like, that status. That's,
1: you know, that's that's super clever.
0: And you're kind of stroking their ego. Yeah.
1: People love that. I love they, that. Everybody loves that. I it. want a medal card.
0: So, <laughs> just, so this is what I do, you know. If, and I did it for Cabana Bay. Yeah. I gave those two guys my medal card, but there was a lady there that. It's just from, like, accounting or something. I gave her a paper card. Yeah. And they were like, oh, man, these are nice. She's like, why did I get those? I'm like, those are special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but. She's going to call you back. She wants one, man. Yeah, and then they, they have the metal cards. And everybody who's your point of contact at the hotel, like, who's, like, you need to talk to them, they get one. Yeah. The general manager
1: gets one. Okay.
0: Director of engineering, obviously. They get one.
1: And, you know, I can see why you are hesitant. To tell that little secret, because that is a really clever uh, sales technique. Well, because I know people won't do it.
0: There's most good, people won't
1: because of the cost.
0: They'll, exactly. Exactly. They'll hear it and they'll be like, that's a
1: good idea. But they won't do it. But see, it all goes back full circle. Like, like when we started talking earlier is people don't want to tell these things, but in reality, most people don't have the same ambition levels. That's what it is. You know what it is? And, and I've learned that about the industry. A lot of people are doing this for the day, dollar today. Mm-hmm. And then there's a select few, and we know who the big players are in the industry who are doing it for tomorrow and for their families and trying to build legitimate companies. Um, and and, and it's, little, it's little techniques like that, yeah. that that really create that difference in the image of how a contractor comes off. Except at the end of the day, we're all contractors. Yeah. You know, but in the way I look at it, I dumb it down. You have companies and you got contractors. Mm-hmm. Contractors might not come back. Yeah. You know, companies they have they have some sort of a liability and it's their image.
2: Yeah,
0: and they have some exactly they have something to lose. Exactly. So that's why I'm so protective about Cabana Bay Mm -hmm. and about our image there. Absolutely. I don't care about repairing tubs. But at the same time, there's gonna come a point where there's nothing left in it for me monetarily. Yeah. And I don't want my image to be ruined because they didn't listen to what I was telling them and what's written and what was agreed upon. Yeah. That's not my fault. Yeah. And you know,
1: Preserving your image is very important. You got to protect it. Um, And, yeah, in a a commercial setting with, you just got done doing 400 tubs.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's going to be tough to always go back and always. But if you find the way to to make sure that those tubs stay in good condition and you are servicing them on a regular, that's going to be the key difference. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: I I don't doubt for a second that you're gonna see that this is not an issue yeah once now that they made the change stop using the erasers. yeah and it's not all of them it's it sounds like a lot we've done 400 there's been about 30 or 40 something yeah but it's really not and the grand scheme of things 40 rooms is like what they have not
1: rented even when they're
0: full like and, yeah and it, and it could happen yeah, to and
1: anybody if someone's jacking the the finish up it is what it is exactly it's just it's the same thing if a guest drops
0: something and chips yeah. it you yeah. know what i mean yeah things that happen, but I'm, I'm just trying to make it clear. Like you guys are actively doing something that's damaging it. We'll fix it. But I just, I care more about what they're going to tell. Oh yeah. The next yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, they oh. talk.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, they it's talk. a whole community in itself. They know each other. Yeah. They know each other. I absolutely. And, I, and I'm glad you're like that. You know why? Because I do have ambitions, you know, to, to go, to grow Yeah, and to get into the commercial sector. Um, And if, people who are, who are in the commercial sector already are setting a high standard, then that allows me to set a high standard and mark up my pricing accordingly. Yeah. But if there is people out there doing it for dirt cheap and jacking it all up, one, they, the hotels aren't going to want to keep using refinishers because they had a bad experience with that guy. You have to be prepared to get very
0: uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they look at me, they, they can see that I'm young. Yeah. I don't tell them how young I am, but they can see it. Yeah. These guys are older, mid-30s, 40s. They got their life put together, and they see me, and they're like, this fucking kid. You know what I mean? Like, they see that, and but I, that's part of the reason why I feel the need to even more, not just provide quality, good customer service, everything like that, but also when they screw up, tell them,
2: yeah.
0: because a lot of the times they feel and they think they're not going to sing anything because they don't want to lose them. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't care if tomorrow they call me and say, Hey, you guys are off the project mm-hmm. because I have it very well documented. That there the issues there small issues that have arose has been on them. Yeah. And and I made it known to their bosses mm-hmm. because I had to, because things weren't changing. And at the end of the day, my image will be intact regardless of what they say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So And that's, and that's, that's
1: what's what good about the disclaimers. I, I, I love disclaimers, I love getting For it sure. all. I, I, we make our, uh, our clients approve the quote uh, before we book sure. the job because you can't say that we didn't disclaim to you that this is a whatever, whatever. There's a whatever warranty. It's all just written there with your signature. Yep. And in and, and the end of the day, legalities, that's what matters. You're yep. say, she say, she does not matter. What did they sign? And if a lot of guys aren't signing anything in which because they don't want to be held to a warranty. Mm-hmm. If you sign a warranty, then you need to go back. So I, I've kind of noticed that some guys don't won't even say the word warranty. Yeah, no, They're yeah. like, do we even want to? I'm like, I mean, are we going to do it or not? We give warranties. So yeah, let's warranty our work. And if you don't want to come back, do it right so we don't have to. But, um, but that's part of the business. And, and I also like to post that sometimes I do go back. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I really felt when I listened to your episode with Trinidad, I, I was thinking like, you know, I don't post any of my process. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, am I one of those guys on that secretive shit? And I was like, maybe I am. And I was like, what, am I, what is there to hide? And then, you know what I realized? I was more concerned with other refinishers feeling like maybe I was doing something wrong or maybe not doing it the best and it may be a disadvantage to me. But what I realized is I started posting and, and people are asking me for tips. Yeah, There's such a bigger demand for information than there is for guys out there saying like, look at this guy.
0: And I also am not afraid in the refinishing industry to disagree with people publicly. Like yeah. I, I I follow this guy named D.P. Tubbs. Um, I follow him. he has like a YouTube channel that's yeah. pretty popular that he does he has like Wait, maybe I followed. six thousand
1: watched his videos when I first started. He has like a
0: beard, wears a hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know okay. exactly. yeah. So he was one of those guys. He made a video that I very much disagreed with. Really? And it was telling people how to uh, apply the non skid. Okay. And he shoots it out of his gun. <laughs> and I hate I mean, I couldn't stay quiet about it because I I don't want somebody who's just learning to think like this is the way to do it because it is much more safe and better for your equipment to get a fucking tray for $2 and a roller and roller it on between your primer and top coat yeah, or roller it on the next day if you don't want to mess with it while it's wet than to just go and spray it out of your gun. Yeah. Like you're risking a four hundred dollar tool, regardless of what, and and he's like, oh, I've had a problem. Like, fine. Yeah. Not everybody cleans yeah. the gun as thoroughly as some guys. Yeah. You leave any bit of that residue the next time you spray. Guess what?
2: Contaminate.
0: Contaminate coming from your gun.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're actively adding something that would otherwise be a contaminant. You know, it's sand.
2: Yeah.
1: And you know, you. And that's funny because I'm thinking about what you're saying, right? And and. It comes from a, a certain mindset. You're thinking of consistency because you run crews. Yeah. When you're a sole operator, you know how that gun gets clean. So maybe it is working for him for because of yeah, for sure. his technique. But when you think of a, from a business perspective, how can I generate this knowledge times three times four and always be consistent? You can't because you can't rely on your crew to be consistent all the time with their cleaning. So how do we dumb down these processes so that the same, par- the same finish same quality is or happening even every time, better quality because yeah. you, you see
0: those stencils back there. You wouldn't be able to achieve that with the spray gun, yeah. You have to roller it on. That's how we get the diamond pattern. That's cool. So, we do a diamond pattern for this hotel, they requested it. Okay, bought the machine, we make the stencils, we stick them on there, and we roller it on there. Yeah, they you know, with the spray gun. You would be risking getting overspray all over the tub.
1: You have nonstick everywhere.
0: Exactly. It's very. It's you're you're risking a lot. And the thing is, again, like we spray with the air pressure all the way. Yeah. So you're gonna make overspray that has sand in it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have some, without fail if you have a crew, like you said. I'm thinking it from that mindset. Yeah. There's gonna be one guy one day. You don't feel that, like it. Yeah, and you're gonna get a rough spot, and then you're gonna come and buff the tub for no reason when you could have just avoided and use a roller.
2: Yeah,
1: that's a different. That's why it's so good to be talking about this.
0: Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't say like you know you're dumb, or I didn't say. But I was like, I. I wouldn't recommend people who are learning.
1: I mean, this is the internet, man. Your opinion, if you don't want other people's opinions, don't put it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I still follow it. And we're still yeah. cordial. We still, yeah. like the other day, I commented, I like, yeah, it looks great.
0: He posted a picture of a tub, came out like glass. Yeah. But when he's showing people like, oh, this is
1: how you should do anti-skid, I'm like,
2: eh, bro,
1: no. I and wouldn't. And maybe, maybe he's not doing it like that. Maybe he is. You know, maybe that comment made a difference. Well, he responded.
0: He's like, "Well, this is the way I do it, and I'm I'm glad yeah. you're telling people other ways to do it. But this is it works for
1: me. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's all you can do. You don't just because it's one way to. You're, I agree with you. I think it's probably obviously going to be much cleaner like that. Yeah, with the stencils, that's professional, and I'm glad you showed me that because that's a great idea. And then we we also
0: do other things like we don't use that for everybody. Some people don't want it, and also. Um, like, for regular, you know, like, houses, sometimes we'll just, with tape stencil it yeah, yeah. make, like, a square rectangle squares, yeah. or, like, two strips. Yeah. Sometimes that looks nice. Yeah. But we always kind of roll it on. I, I feel like that's the cleanest way. In it's also the way, way
1: that it's recommended by the manufacturer. It is. So I'm a big, on just follow the manufacturer's recommendations. These aren't, they're putting in the time to figure out how they it's best applied. It's not like they just made the product and they were like, let's not test it. I'm sure they had it sprayed. I'm sure they've had it rolled. I'm sure they've tried. How to, should we recommend applying this? And usually that's the best bet. Well, that, that's something I told him too in
0: one of the comments. I was like, I'm not sure that would even be ADA compliant because the reason that they put anti-skin on tubs is because of the American Disabilities Act that for slip and falls. Yeah. And it has to be a certain coefficient. And, uh, you know, if you're spraying it, there's inconsistencies unless you're you're if you're trying to be very thorough, you're gonna have to spray very thick. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see how that would pass a slip test for a lot of hotels. But he's doing a lot of residential, so maybe it doesn't matter. Um. That's exactly. But but at the same time, like I know that we have to use a lot more shark grip than you would think when we mix our non-skid. Yeah. To get to the number that the hotel needs for slip coefficient, so they don't get sued. Yeah. Because like we have to put like it's like for every cup, we have to put like six tablespoons. Um and when you're mixing that, you can see it it thickens up like crazy. Yeah. I could not imagine putting that in a spray gun.
1: <laughs> but hey. I've never done it. I've never put it in a spray gun. I've always just
0: yeah, you, I would recommend that highly. But,
1: you know, everybody has their way to
0: do things. Yeah. And I like, for a lot of things, I would recommend going to DP Tubbs because he has a lot of YouTube content.
1: Well, DP Tubbs is one of those guys that when I, you Google. He comes up. He comes up. He was one of the first. He was the I only guy. Really, yeah. And I was watching his videos and I'm like, oh. And then it, I actually watched his videos before I even trained because I had all this planned out while I was still in the military. So I got smart on the products through the internet, and then once I got out of the military, we didn't actually start training. So it's funny. D.P. Tubbs is one of the first people that I've ever seen refinish a tub.
0: And he was one of the people who inspired me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I,
1: like, I'm not... When I watched him, I was like, man, I would like to do that. But I definitely didn't feel confident enough in my abilities to start projecting anything out into the industry yet. I was just kind of really trying to absorb and but absorb knowledge. I
0: think it's healthy to have some pushback. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody's right about everything. I guarantee you refinishers are listening to this now and thinking about it. Some people who are doing it. I have a, I have a guy who works for us named Damon, and he worked for a company in Oregon, and they did it like that. Yeah. And he told me, like, without fail, he cleans his gun thoroughly. He's like, yeah. every two or three, like, weeks, a little thing would spit out of non-skid that got stuck in the inside. Yeah. It just happens. And and it's we just, know how to get around stuff like that too. Yeah, and it's but it's unnecessary. Like when you could just roll it off. Yeah.
1: I mean But anything in life, you know, there's always always find a way to make your process a little bit better and, and you and as a refinisher you have to level your risk. For, For sure. know, Like sometimes you, yeah, I go by the circumstance. You know, I wouldn't spray it, you know, um slip resistant on, but if you're in a jam and you need to get out of there quicker, sometimes you do things that. What really do you use for slipper? Do you use Shark Grip? Yeah, from Midwest. Yeah, okay. So you get or
0: do you, do you have Grizzly? The they call Grizzly it, they Grip. Call it grizzly grip. Yeah. yeah, Grizzly Grip is good because it's like pre-mixed. Yeah, but um, Shark Grip comes right. in like these. Where containers. do you get Shark Grip from? You could get a Sherwin Williams. Okay, it's like the slip-resistant additive for like uh, they use it for like pools and stuff.
1: I was, I you know, I stayed manu. I always try to keep manufacturers together and like they're they're. Cool their products just because i'm always concerned with compatibility
0: well, he, well here's the thing i got that recommended from ed from midwest okay he's he's the chemist that made the material yeah because i we talk with that all the time yeah. when i have an issue right. i go to him because it's his material and he knows yeah and most of the time he's right so and i was like well i don't want to just have it sitting there because sometimes we don't get non-skid for months yeah but i do want to have it on hand in case and he's like get shark grip slip resistant additives and then just have like a quart container or just mix it with your top coat in a, in a cup and just, you know, yeah. apply it how you need. And it's just the sand. Yeah. yeah. And you apply it and you mix it. Yeah. And it works fantastic. You just got to make sure you mix it thoroughly. Okay. But it's it's really, really good. And he's the one that recommended it. So what, you, what, what do
1: you, do. you know, clients ask me a lot um, mats. So just the mats, you know, the suction cup mats. Do you have any go-to mat that doesn't in- induce... Pulling up the coating. There is a mat called uh, ba- Refinished
0: Bath Solution sells it. It's uh, it's called like Refinished Bath Mat and it's, it has no suction cups on the bottom. Okay. But the thing is regardless of the suction I am kind of against bath mats as a whole. And I always urge against it just because a lot of people leave the bath mat on there even when they're not using it. Yeah. And even though there's no suction cups constantly pulling on it there's going to be water stuck underneath. Yeah. And if it tries to condensate and there's something blocking it, it's just going to start settling on the surface. That's what happens when tubs start pitting. When they have dips, that's from water sitting
2: there. Does it roll into the porcelain?
0: Yeah, it starts wearing the porcelain away, yeah. and eventually it'll start to rust.
1: Yeah, I've seen that plenty, yeah. you No, know, especially by the drain. When you get that real sure. big pit.
0: Yeah, because uh, and that, that happens when they don't install the proper drain or they don't put a, uh, proper a silicone level. ring around it okay. to keep it from, and then it has that dip right there. Yeah, yeah. And most of the time, a tub will peel. Um, that's not like a error mm-hmm. from a refinisher. It's around the drain, which is why I recommend people to remove the drain. Yeah. But I don't remove it myself because I don't
2: fuck with plumbing.
1: Dude, I've removed quite a few drains, and I've also damaged it. For quite a few drains, trying to remove them. So I've, I've honestly, that's something I couldn't send a crew to do. Yeah. I would only do it if I was on site and I could make the judgment call because I hold the liability. That's the thing. You know, I cannot can't send one of my guys as a refinisher to start messing with your plumbing, break a pipe, and now. And you can't S-O-L. tell you can't tell a customer I'm not liable for your plumbing after you break their pipe. Exactly, it's too late. You should have just not done it in the first place. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. But you're right. I And, you know, sometimes I like to, I will remove the overflow. Yeah. If I, if it's not too much. Some of my guys,
0: some of my guys do it, but if the screw looks like it's stripped or it looks like it's corroded,
1: I I just tell them mask it or have them remove it. Me too. I'm on the same tip. If it's easy to remove and it's new, I pull it right out. But if it's eroded or corroded or, you know, rusted, I just leave it on because, and then uh, sometimes I, I go by the client. If it's someone that I feel like can put it back. Sometimes, you know, you, these people might not even know how to put that thing back. Or ask them like, hey,
0: we recommend removing it, but we can't remove it. If you have the screwdriver, you can remove it. Yeah. Leave it on them. Because if the screw strips on them, they're like, Oh god damn it, I gotta go buy another one. Yeah. But if you do it, they're like they think you're careless and you fucked it up and they're yeah. like, Go buy me another
1: one. They think you're a plumber. A lot of people don't even know the difference between us and plumbers. Yeah, I get calls all the time. Like people, are like,
0: I need to get uh tile put in, floors, I'm like
1: I actually waste money on leads, like on that on a lot, luckily Thumbtack will refund me, because Thumbtack is like my go-to Yes. produce me work while I don't have to think type of software you know, it's in the background, we're gonna get them and I set a budget, so I don't have to think too much, I don't never go over budget Um, but we get a lot of those because even Thumbtack, I talked to a representative there's not, they have a bathtub refinishing but we get a lot of weird weird leads from them yeah. Even within that category.
0: It happens on Google, too. Yeah. E- even, even when you target certain keywords, people sometimes they just... sometimes Bathtub people repair. Think, yeah. That's
2: the
0: repair thing. or, like, uh, renovation. Like yeah. so, Sometimes they'll come across and they'll be like, oh, refinishing, yeah, that's yeah. what I want, but they
2: don't know what it is.
0: But that's a problem with the industry. Yeah. The fact that people don't just... The fact that in a lot of places, it's not even an option yeah. to add bathtub refinishing, and then the, also the fact that People are ill informed of what it is. Yeah. Because there's not enough content out there. Have
1: you ever done any home shows? I have not. We should do a home show together. We should. I would love to go and set up with you and possibly, and, oh, I don't know how, we could, uh, Paintline Co. has a portable spray booth. It looks pretty legitimate. And if we set something up at, a, at an event, you know, we'd obviously have to work with the, the coordinators, but maybe we could do a, a refinish on a, on, a, on a standalone tub. Even a fiberglass insert that we purchased inside of a spray booth with ventilation so people will, and it's clear, so people could see the entire process without being exposed to any of the things.
0: You know what'll get people looking?
1: What? Clawfoot tubs. I love them. I got two of them. Are you? Yeah. I love them. <laughs> I made a mistake. I was in South Tampa um, and we had, I did a clawfoot tub refinish, but I made the mistake of telling the client we'd come pick it up and take it back. Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh, hell no, I'll never do that shit again.
0: Now, this is what you got to do. For a trade show, I would recommend getting one of the fiberglass ones yeah. that, that are like the, the slipper ones. Yep. They're light, and then you could do a refinish on it and not kill yourself.
1: So. I have an idea, and this may be silly. and This, this is just maybe some, uh, something fun to do on the side. Not really much of a moneymaker. Ever thought about doing, like, custom, custom designs on these claw foots? Oh, for sure. And then selling them to, like, maybe art boutiques?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Bathart, you were familiar with them? No, I've never heard of that. They're they're a company in Orlando. I know Christian Prescott. I mean, he's uh, he's one of the owners, um, and like oh, we kind of have like this little like unspoken little like back and forth. It's funny, but um, he did a tub for Harley Davidson, yeah, and it's a tub that's cut in half and a clawfoot, and it's a, it's a chair, and they have it in their showroom. Yeah,
1: see, that's that's what the industry's lacking.
0: And you know where that tub was for years? It was in Disney Springs, in the Harley-Davidson store that used
1: to be there. I probably walked by it.
0: Yeah. Never and, knew. Yeah, it was an old cloth tub, and he, he's, he's the one that restored it. It looked really good when he finished it.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And um, and, and somehow, yeah, we could get him. That, that's what I've been trying to figure out is how do we make this industry more broad. abroad to more people besides residential commercial, residential commercial, because... I mean, we're creating some pretty cool finishes on bathtubs. Why can't we incorporate these same finishes onto all types of H- things? Have
0: you used Midwest like Chrome and
1: like Not yet.
0: bronze? I got in the back, I'll show you. I want to check it out. I We did these clawfoot feet in silver. It's yeah. really good. That's
1: funny because that's the exact idea. I, I, I started per uh, marketing. Like I was trying to generate more clawfoot clients um, because I have this image of just a beautiful white tub with gold. Uh, claw feet, and then the inside being actually white, but the outside being an, another color.
0: That's what we did with the one out there. I'm
1: going to check it out. Today. Uh, we,
0: the outside is blue, like, yeah. a, like a navy blue. We did a video restoring.
1: Really? It's on our Instagram. Okay, I'm going to check it um,
0: out. The only thing is we haven't been able, because this tub is, the feet configuration's weird. We haven't been able to find the right uh, clamps for the feet. Yeah. Uh, so it's sitting for right now, but we did the bottom of it like like a nice blue, like a royal blue. The inside's white, and the claw feet are silver. Yeah. And it, 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 it's going it to look really nice. nice. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, those things are... Mm. All right. So, after that quick little break... <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Um, so, yeah, that as far as getting it, you know, more like into customs and stuff like that. I'm totally with it. Also, I've seen some people do, like, wraps on the outside of the tub. Yeah. And uh, they'll just have the inside white.
1: I mean, it could be an art form in itself. Just like the guy who did the Harley Davidson bathtub. Yeah. He only does custom, or is oh, he no, focusing he, on that? He
0: does refinishing in general. And that's kind of what, <laughs> what I was talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, sometimes I feel like he'll see something I post, and he'll try to, like, not copy it, but he'll try to do it too.
1: That means you're doing it right. Yeah,
0: well, and it goes both ways. Sometimes I see things of his that are good ideas, and I'll do it. So he does. He does a good job. I recommend him a lot when I'm busy. Yeah. Because yeah. even though I disagree with some of his business practices, um, I think that he does a good job. Yeah.
1: So. Um, and that's what that's the good thing about owning your own business. You practice it the way you want. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that he uh, he offers lifetime warranty,
0: which I'm just like
1: gonna be a busy um, man. Yeah. Well. That's good. I mean,
0: it, it's, again, it's his business of whatever yep. he wants to do. But um, there was, like, a little back and forth there. I, I feel like he was, like, sub, like, posting. Like, well, I would post something, and he would post something similar. Like Yeah. It, it, it's funny, but he knows, like, you know, I, I'm just, we're just having fun. And, and we're cordial. Like, we went to a meeting at a hotel once. Um, we were both called to yeah. bid on a project. Okay. And so I met him in person. Yeah. He was cool asking me questions, um, you know, and I asked him a couple of questions, and it was just cool, you know. He's not, a, he's not a bad guy. It's just, like, things like that I wouldn't do. But, you know, everybody has their thing. Right. I don't think yeah. it's bad. I just think, yeah, like you said, he's going to have to be busy. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: But, like, people make decisions based off of, you know, what, how they want to operate. Yeah. That's a decision. Yeah. I'm sure he's aware of what that means every couple of years after he leaves the tub?
0: Well, he, he, every single job. First, it was, like, just offered it. And then now it's, like, every job he lifetime warranty type of thing, which is fine if he wants to do that. I just, I just like, I know it's not going to last forever, so I'm like, oh, well, you're going to have to go back to some of them. But also, he's probably also baking on the fact, and it's a fact that most Americans move, like, every four or
1: five years anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a big deal, Yeah. Right? and it depends on his in his uh, workload. Yeah, and he he does a good job. Though. Yeah, so if he if he's doing all the refinishing and he's ensuring that the quality's top notch. Maybe. He has
0: people, but I think that I don't know if he sprays, but his business partner his name is Elliot. He he I don't know if he still sprays, but he did spray and he like helps him operate yeah, and yeah. stuff now. It's kind of like the, the situation with me and my brother. Gotcha. So, I but need a brother. he's a bro. Yeah, I mean brother. There's one thing I could say about Christian, very very good marketing. Really? Like yeah, I mean he's he's good, He's a good salesman. Good. Yeah. And I, I and that's cool. I like having different types of people in the industry. Like like uh, I was telling telling you about D P Tubbs. He's very informative. He breaks down the process. He shows a lot of stuff. Yeah. But he's not selling. Yeah. Christian. He, he, he sells, but he also shows the process, and that's just another side of it. Yeah. I like to think that I do some fun stuff that other people don't do. Yeah. I kind of look at it as like building, like, like making content around the industry uh-huh. to help it as a whole. Yeah, And I would love to have people like
1: that on, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the more, the merrier. And there's nothing to hide because you can find everything on there. Exactly. If you really take the time to look, you could go through every refinisher's in Florida's Instagram or every refinisher's website and see what's working, what they're offering. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares, dude? Like there's so many bathtubs. (laughs) Yeah, there is. (laughs) It's not, and it's really about how you want to go about it. And I, I I kind of feel you and, and your approach. I like that you're targeting the industry because I think that's where the lack is. Yeah. Because once you, once the industry has a reputation, then the industry itself will sell. Well, if it was just about me being busy, like I'm busy. (laughs) So like I wouldn't
0: be here on a Saturday if it was just like for my company. My company's doing perfectly fine. Yeah, And we're, you know, we're growing and stuff. So, but I, like you, somebody who's still new to it, provide as much value as I can so that you keep doing it. And then you have somebody else do it. And then the more the merrier, because there is so much Houses here, apartments. It also hotels. helps to build
1: our network. Yeah, I see it as you know, if you're ever in a jam, you know where I'm at. Yeah, and I tell you right now, my work is top quality. So I put my actual love into it. Yeah, because it's yeah. so new, there's no room for error in my in my business. You know, so building the network in itself, because you have 1,800 tubs. Yeah, you probably use an extra quality refinisher if you want if you need it to finish by. A certain day. You know, just having that arsenal. And if everyone gets along and everyone's working together, then it helps the industry in entirety, especially in our state. Because I may get a commercial bid that that I'm not actually prepared for manpower wise. And it'd be nice to actually have a network with other refinishers that are willing to help each other.
0: Well, and that's the thing. It's like we never know, but giant companies operate like
1: that. All of them. All of them. There is, you you no, seem to have a bit of a business mindset, and you yeah. kind of know that this industry is lacking the cooperation for sure. and the growth pattern that other industries follow. They do, No one tries to hog it off. What, let, let me ask you a question, and this is for everybody. What do you think general contractors do? They don't do all the work themselves. No, they know people. Exactly. Why don't we do it?
0: Because people are too narcissistic and think that if – they're not doing everything. Either it's not going to get done, or
1: they just don't want to share because they, they don't want to share. Dude. Greedy. They don't want to share. That's really what it is. It is what they don't want to share because all you know, this is a good industry, but we're not turning over you know four hundred thousand dollar projects like a roofing company may. Mm-hmm. So the profit margins are a tad bit smaller. Mm-hmm. So you have to be more creative on how we produce the quantity of work, and it's going to take some collaboration.
0: But that's an error too, and that's Think something so? uh, not. Not the collaboration part, but the pricing I think is a big fucking problem. Hell yeah. Because people are undervaluing what it is we do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, however you chalk it up, even if we charge eight hundred dollars a tub, it's cheaper than replacing it in most times. Yeah. Because you're not having to rip out drywall or tile or any of that. You're saving a shit ton of money. Obviously when you're in the eight hundred dollar range. You're in like, all right, well, I spent a couple of thousand bucks and I can replace it. But there are, there are some people who still are, look at that and like, still cheaper. Yeah. If everybody has a whole raise their prices, and I'm not talking that much. Yeah. But I'm talking about 500 bucks. That is beyond fair. Yeah. But I see two nineties and 300s rolling around. I'm just like, Ugh. I charge 375, but best yeah. believe if it needs to be stripped, it's $500. Yeah,
1: because it's the work. I don't charge work. less. It's the work. Yeah. And, and it, it's... I mean, you want to maximize every sale. You don't want to lose a sale because you charge too much for stripping, right? But at the end of the day, you could make more money doing another bathtub in the same amount of time that it took your crew to to strip that bathtub. And so you have to compensate for that as a business.
0: Yeah, and well, I would much rather go do two tubs in a- in one house and then a tub and tile in the afternoon. Yep. And charge three seventy five per tub. Six seventy-five to seven fifty, which depends on the size of the tub and tile, which is what we charge. Yeah. Then go do a tub that needs to be stripped for like four hundred bucks. Yeah. Because it's gonna take that much more time. Yep. A tub that needs to be stripped sometimes can take as long as doing two tubs.
2: Yeah. It just it it, it depends on how
1: the how hard how quality the finish is. And I've gone to DIYs that strip in two seconds.
0: Yeah. It's sometimes. Sometimes. But sometimes. DIYs will start flaking off every little chunk and you have to be there like getting everything yeah, off and it's, yeah. it's a very annoying. Yeah. So because you're putting yourself in a situation where you're liable for how it comes out, mm-hmm. you have to account for that because sometimes it's this, but sometimes it's that.
1: And you know, and people always ask me, why don't you just refinish over the... I'm like, you know, that, I don't know what was done there. Yep. If that finish fails, my finish is going to fail. Yep. So I can't warranty it. You no, know, that's that's the key. Why I, I I my preference, you know, I do it by the client and by the necessity. Like you said, some investors just need a white, Yep. You know, and that's fine and we can work with that client. But if I know I'm going into your home and I know you're gonna be living there for a couple of years, I tell my clients, I'm either gonna do a full strip or we, we're just not gonna refinish over because you're gonna call me. You're calling me because it's chipping. And it's chipping for a reason. Yep. You know, so I'm not gonna just spray over it and then when it continues to induce that chipping underneath my coating, now you're gonna call back Angry at me yep, you no know, so I'd rather just not take the sale yeah, and sometimes
0: that's well that's the difference between people with integrity. It's the same mindset of the people who don't want to share projects or think they yeah. think too small yeah it's
1: like, well, I just need the money so yeah. and, lo- and a it. lot of times people do yeah you know, I've been there I've been I there where it. I needed the money, and now that you know, I'm not in that position, I get that luxury because I've earned that. You know, we worked hard and we got ourselves to a point where now we can dictate the quality and how we approach our projects instead of the necessity. And we charged, well, we used to charge $239. i am charging 400 That's for a bathtub. fantastic. Yeah. But because I don't need to sell for four or five guys' workload. When I had uh, two sprayers, my prices were a little lower because I obviously needed to produce more work for the company. So in order to achieve that, that was the easiest route. But now after I listen to your guys' podcast, it's that that's the issue. If we go too low, how can, how, how can any of us continue to eat at a rate where you know, we're, we're, we're growing? Yeah, because if, if
0: all your – this is what people don't understand. If you charge 200 bucks for a tub, you might see some money. You're going to get $200 clients. Yeah. And you need to start getting the clients that are willing to pay more. The same way, even if you're not advertising, the word of mouth. The word of mouth from a $200 client is to their friend who also is broke. Yeah. Or, you know, not, not, not being disrespectful or also just can't afford it or doesn't want to. But the word of mouth from someone who could afford $500 yeah. is the word of mouth of somebody who has upper middle class friends I like and to they, say, an upper middle class family. Yeah. And they recommend you to them. They also happen to be friends with sometimes people in positions of power. At, Hotels, apartments, yeah, and multifamily places in general. They might be flipping houses. They can get you a lot more business. Yeah, like I that's like to say, the there's
1: thing. levels to this shit. Of course, <laughs> you know, and you really want to target that. Like, there's a place for everybody, even clients. Yeah, and and there's a price margin for everybody because of you know the potential out of that client. So if so, I've had clients that really need a tub refinish. They might not have four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's where the person personal. Between, you know, I, that's why I like small business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, Nancy can call me and I know Nancy may not be a millionaire. So I may give Nancy a tub for $350 because Nancy didn't bust my chops. Last time I did her job and she was a fun client, you know, and, and that's the cool thing about small business. Um, but if, you're, if your prices are low all the time, you're just putting
0: a dent in the industry. Well, you know what else you could do? And it's a way to leverage it so that it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, is give them the discount if they write you a review. Yeah. And even though you might think oh yeah, I don't really want to do that if it's a, at the end of the day, that review will hold a lot of weight. Yep. And it'll basically pay you back for the 50 bucks.
2: The reviews are everything.
0: They're everything. I right? swear to And we have a 4.9 on Google, not 5 because there's always there's some always people. That one, man. But I'm waiting for that
1: day. I have a 5 right now and I'm like, I know one day and I'm not even going to be upset because I know it needs to happen. It's it hurts. A, it's going to happen. Because it's your baby. But it's your baby. But
0: it happens and it will happen yeah. eventually. And not everyone, you know, not you're, even though you might do the most stellar job, somebody is... Just, yeah. It's always
1: an opinion. Yeah. You got trolls. <laughs> yeah. And not just
0: that. They might have a valid thing and you're just like, well, I don't want to deal with it because it went too far. And it's like, whatever. Yeah. But, or I didn't like how this guy was being, he was being a dick.
1: So, yeah. And we're also people. Yeah, exactly. That's we're the people, important we're people. So, like you know, I get calls all the I'll get a call, like, "Hey, there's a rough spot. I need it done now." And I'm like, you know, I, I'm running a business. I have you know a daughter, a wife. Like I can't just get up and go fix your rough spot in two seconds. Like it needs to be scheduled. They they almost forget that because if I high, I hold such a high customer service standard, I think people honestly forget that it's John servicing his customers. It's not. It's not this big corporation coming back to your house. It's me know. and my and my guy, and coming back. in The, the time we're there and t- holding that integrity to our warranty is time that we're not making money, for sure. But it's that important. It's worth the money. But it is it's it,
0: for the same reason a review is important. Yeah. If you go and fix something, the word of mouth possibility exactly. is still there. Reputation is extremely hey, important. They did it. You know, it, it came out really got really
1: good. They messed something up, but they came back and fixed it right yeah. away. And I have reviews like that. Yeah, I have reviews like that where they said, yeah, um, there was a little rough spot, but I called him and he came back right away and fixed it. Five stars. A lot of the reviews I have that are negative, which there's
0: not a lot. I think there's like three or four. We have 117 reviews. Yeah. And most of them are five stars. Um, But that's another thing that I don't like about the whole rating system. If somebody has a bad experience, they won't give you two or three. They will automatically go one.
2: Yeah, it's not really fair.
0: It's not, it doesn't, it isn't actually like, it doesn't really reflect, Yeah. you know, but at the same time, uh, it's things that I should have probably communicated that I didn't communicate as well. And so the client got upset, had bad expectations about what to expect. And we, you know, every single time we've offered to go back, some customers will just write something online and be like, fuck you, I don't want to do it. And that's kind of the situations for most of them. Um,
2: and, I mean, that's inevitable. Yeah. And
0: what happened to my aunt, because my aunt does the same thing. Yeah. They, she has her own company. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had a customer who, like, started blaming them for stealing a gun or something really random. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the customer, like, said, like, oh, no, we found it. Once they threatened to leave, they were like, oh, no, we found it. It was like, I don't know, they were crazy people. Yeah. And then they were like. Um, oh, yeah, we love the job, but you guys messed up our countertops. And their countertops were like granite. And it had like, uh, it looked like uh, something was sitting on it for a long time. Yeah. They made an impression on it. Like Okay. And and they were like, no, that wasn't us. We have pictures of everything when it was masked and everything. He's like, let's just say that I won't write anything about you online if you give me your insurance information. That's what they wanted yeah. the entire time. Yeah. And so my aunt just was like, no. And then they went and wrote a review about how they damaged their counters and they were, didn't want to respond and all this other
1: stuff. Well, you as a consumer, right? You buy products. For I'm sure. sure. You shop on Amazon, look at the reviews. Mm-hmm. As a, as a, as a uh, person with common sense, you kind of know there's always room for that.
2: Yeah. For you sure. Know, so
1: you look at a business and you say, I kind of read the negatives first. And I'm like, well, okay, This dude's just be an extra. Oh there's, I can see that happening. That you know what I mean? And then and then I look at the good. And I'm like, "Okay, there's uh, you said how many reviews you guys have? 114. 117. 117.
0: You got so. two on Thursday. Really nice. The same day. Same it was day. I I told both my guys, I'm going to give you something
1: extra in your check cuz
0: that's very rare that they happens in the same day they were Yeah. And I I
1: actually I do that. So I was I started I forgot to show my guys the work. Oh, I yeah. sent it to them. Like yeah. I would get them and I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, we're doing so good." And then I forget they're like, "Dude, Send it to your boys. They so need I, to see. I did it to my, my guy, Ralph, who's like
0: our, our, our top sprayer, Damon. Yeah. Also, he's, he's the one that applies primer. Yeah. Does
2: a
1: really good job, too. And I sent it to both of them. Yeah. And it, and it, and it helps because, you know, you can't help but want to do a good job. For sure. Especially if you keep good guys around you, which I only do. I mean, I can kind of tell. I've hired quite a few, you know, just Charles and error, seeing who stuck, who didn't. Most didn't. Um, but the ones that sprayed for me... They actually cared. I could tell they cared. I mean, the experience will talk for itself. A guy who's experienced will obviously do a better job. But the fact that they would see an issue, let me know, and we'd work through it. And then when they saw that they sprayed something and someone gave them a five-star, yeah. I will let them know, this is your five-star, man. For sure. This is your five-star. You did that.
0: And, and I always, even though it's not a lot, I'll reward them with something. Yeah. So, um, like, you know, I'll throw them 25 extra bucks, you know, just, and just, you know, they can go lunch or do something right. with it, but it's just like, just so that they know, like it means something because yeah. at the end of the day, that makes the company as a whole look better and it, yeah. it's going to be there even yeah. when they leave or even, you know, you know, if they leave, you know what I mean? Yeah. But
1: and I try to tell them like, you know, this is our stability. For real. Yeah, like, you know, you work here, right? Pay your bills with this. We should try to keep a good reputation because the better our reputation is, the more work we got. And the only true stability in life is how you're going to get your next dollar. For sure. And if you're always working at that through your reputation, then that's about as stable as your company
2: ever going to get. Yeah.
0: But and, and to just going back to what we were talking about, about um, like pricing of the work. Yeah. I, I just do feel like there is an issue with that. And I feel like a lot of people sell themselves short just because... Like I said, they're used to the $200 client. Yeah. And the $200 client talks to other people who are like them. Yeah. People hang around people who are similar. Yeah. But once you start getting the $400 clients and the $500 clients, they will get you more people who are like them. And before you know it, you're going to have so much work with those types of people Mm -hmm. that you are never going to want to go back. Yeah. When I get somebody who calls me and with a straight face says, I got a quote for 225. I'm like, good luck. Yeah. I'm not going to know price bidding more with it. They'll be anybody. calling me
1: back to fix it.
0: You know something that I do, and I told Trinidad this, I think. Um, I like what you do about making them sign off on the estimate. Yeah. That's really good. But also, I make sure every single appointment that I book, I take the card on file. Do you? I do. Because plumbers do it, electricians do it, roofers do it, and they do it because sometimes people no show. And if you want to never have a no-show again,
1: do that. That's, a, that's, a, that's an issue I've been dealing with, actually, and that's a good idea. I do deposits on larger projects for kitchens. Yeah, that, that's, that's good, too. But, but for a bathtub, it's not necessarily necessary, but there is, that is a good way to keep a, some sort of... And
0: you just tell them that it's for no-show protection. If they no-show the appointment, you're going to charge them this. Yeah. And the beauty of it is I use Square, mm-hmm. Square Appointments, um, You can send them um, a link. You can make like a little booking site, and it has like you can set it up to where they can put the card on file and everything. And then, so what I do is, um, you know, I it it makes them agree to the terms. So if they try to do a chargeback on the cancellation, they agree to the terms. Okay. So it doesn't ever work. Square will tell them, "Hey, they agreed to this."
2: That's that's pretty cool. And
0: it'll always side with you. Okay. So that's also great. Also, it just makes it's convenient because, yeah. you know, last thing you want is to tell your guys, hey, you guys are doing this today. Or you yourself, I'm going to go do this tub and tile. You show up. They're not there. They're not there. Just of the time. Man. Or they tell you they changed their mind. Or what some people do, which is very common, is, hey, I know uh, you're supposed to come tomorrow for the tub and tile that we scheduled a month ago. And I know that you ordered that custom pattern for me for the multi-spec on the walls. But I got someone who's going to do it for $200 less. Can you match that? Yeah. And you already are deep in with material costs yeah. and all this other stuff. You, don't, don't, you, know, you can't let... The, Some sort of commitment. You, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And it doesn't matter. I've let $3,000 jobs walk because they don't want to give me a card on file. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Because if they don't give you the card, you might go over there, do the job, everything goes smooth. But those are going to be the people that nitpick about everything, yeah. even even when you give them a disclaimer. Yep. They're going to be the yeah. ones that, oh, but what about this and this and this? But I thought this was supposed to come out like this. And it doesn't matter what kind of things you had ran out
1: because they weren't willing to commit from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, people have – there's scammers out there. There is. that They, they bank on the, your, your inability to force payment. And not that you have to, should have to force payment, but how do you protect yourself? Yeah. You know, because – They easily could be like, I don't like the finish. Yeah. And we've just put five, six hours into your shower. What do you mean you don't like the finish? Yeah. And that's, I've always wondered, you know, how people in the industry are dealing with clients that have opinions on on the quality of the work. Because if you, we know the quality of the work because we're the professionals. But what if you get that client, when you get that client that says, well, I expected it to look this way. I don't want to pay.
0: The expectation should be set by you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but if they don't like it, you ask them, is there anything that I could do to make it better? What do you think? You know, why don't you like it? Yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, if, like let's say a tub comes out flat. Sometimes you just got to come back the next day and shoot clear coat on it. Don't even bother bringing the white out. Shoot clear on it. Yeah. And it'll give it a, a little something yeah. extra. Okay. And that sometimes yeah. is the difference maker. If they just don't like how the finished product looks. Yeah. Well, then that's a different story. Yeah. And, you know, you got to kind of tell them, like, hey, this is, a, this is something very important. Like, I make everybody sign, when we get there, a work, a work authorization. Basically, like, we're allowed to be on the property, do the work, and you're going to pay us upon completion. You do that for a couple of reasons. Sometimes you get crazy customers that, like, the, like they don't want to pay, and then they're like, I'm going to call the cops. If you have an authorization to be on the premises, signed okay. by the person, it's like... yeah. <laughs> And then also, payment upon completion is important because they agree to pay you when and the job's done.
1: The writing is just key. Yeah, and so,
0: but also, and I do understand, there's a certain level that you get when your goal should be customer satisfaction. So if they aren't happy, don't ever just offer free first. Ask them, hey, I know you're not happy with it. Can we settle by, you know, I'll take $50 off the cost since you're, you're not completely happy with it. Can we settle with that? And yeah. that might be enough. Yeah. They might be like, oh, well, I really don't like it, but, you know, whatever. But, you know, 50 bucks is better than...
2: Yeah, and that's probably what I usually do.
1: I mean, I actually haven't had that situation. Before. Well, it does happen sometimes. Yeah, and I know it's going to happen, so that's why I figured I'd bring it up. Maybe there's someone else who's wondering how they're going to react to that situation. But you
0: always, you always before the money, because the money is like, you invested time and money already. Yeah. So before you get to that, you want to look for the solutions of stuff that you can control. Mm-hmm with doing the work, even if it means like going another day or something. I always have a rule. If if the customer is, has legi- legitimate concerns that you can be like, okay, yes, that's true. Three days. If, you're, if you have to go a fourth day, you tell them to keep your money. It doesn't matter even if they were right, even if you know you can fix it on that fourth day, tell them like, I just, I, 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 there's nothing left in it for me. I'd rather you keep your money and find someone who can satisfy you. Yeah. And, and, you know, like that's, in my opinion, I just feel like that's the best way to handle those scenarios. When it gets, when it gets extreme, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you got to just, if they're like, oh, but we really want you or, "Oh, this is kind of BS that so you guys are, like, I am in the hole now. There is nothing left in it for me. I'm yeah. negative already. Yeah. Like, I would rather you take the money and spend it elsewhere, do something else with it. But I can't because the longer I'm here, the more I'm not doing other places and stuff like that. And a lot of times you don't have to explain yourself. You just tell them and they'll be like, okay, that makes yeah, sense. That's yeah, fine. Right.
1: And I've had those cool customers who are like, I know, thank you for coming back. you Other places. And the human factor is nice.
0: I had a lady once in, um, Port orange. And we went and we did her tub and tile and her garden tub, and she was, like, enamored with it. But her countertop, for some reason, kept having contamination, and we could not figure out why. Every single time we would spray the clear coat, it would start to, like, coagulate. It looked really weird. Called Midwest, they were like, sometimes, those old, like, uh, not the porcelain ones, but the ones that are, like, uh, Chemtops? Yeah, the countertops that are like cultured marble. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Some of them have like a, a film on it from the factory that's like a protective layer. Mm-hmm. And if you use the acid on it, it like reacts a certain way. So, um, but what was actually happening, we found out later, was, was the catalyst affecting. Okay. So, it had that protective layer and it just kept rejecting and kept rejecting. We would sand it, redo it, everything by the book, and just kept rejecting it. And I told the lady after the second, like, the second time, because it was just, like, we didn't know what else to do. Yeah. It just wasn't working. And we were like, we can't really do anything with the contract. She was so grateful, like, that we just told her up front, and didn't waste her time anymore, that she gave both my guys $100 tips for just going. Yeah. And she was like you Know just take it off the work order and stuff, it's not a big deal, yeah. Everything else she loved, and then she went and got granite, and she was like, I kind of want to have the granite anyway.
2: Yeah, oh. there you go, worked
1: out, it works out sometimes. Yeah, I had a uh, I stripped a fiberglass tub from a DIY, oh, yeah, and I'm stripping it, and it's almost like clear from the fiberglass itself, gunked up, or I don't know if it was the uh, DIY epoxy he applied because it just. I ended up I had to stop using stripper and actually start scraping this finish off. It turned into a sort of gunk. On a fiberglass?
2: Yeah.
0: You should u- uh, avoid oh. using stripper on fiberglass.
1: Yeah, I know that
2: now. <laughs> well,
0: because it, sometimes even if it doesn't eat through the fiberglass, it could warp it. Yeah. And then you have like weird like dips and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, same thing with, I tell people um, not to use acid on it. If you're going to, if you need to etch it, which you should always. Um a light sand with like a one fifty okay. or a two twenty and then um dilute your edge. Okay. Um like Midwest Chemical sells Industrial Cleaner. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's three percent. That's I'll use you need.
1: industrial cleaner by Zep.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Equivalent it, that I can get on the on demand.
0: As long as it's uh it has hydrofluoric acid. Yeah. Um which midwest industrial has 3%, which yeah. is perfectly fine. The rest of it's water. It's yeah. diluted. Yeah. If you use cuz we have like an etch that's 35%, mm-hmm. that's for like porcelain. Yeah. That stuff will make it look like you sanded it with a 60 grit. Okay. And and it feels like it too. You feel the abrasion. Yeah. But if you use that on fiberglass, you're going to melt it. So
1: <laughs> Which is way may would have, have happened. I got around it. I ended up, it just take me 2 days. Yeah. That was a lesson learned the hard Yep. A lesson I valued now because it actually changed how I price out my fiberglass. Well, that's tubs, good. You know, because I was like, went in there. I've done it before with success, mm-hmm. but then I went to this one garden tub in the corner, painted ass. as. But uh, we, we, you know, we I stripped it, and that started happening. And I was like, well, we'll never do this again.
0: Well, if it's fiberglass and it's been painted or refinished already, um, you could always do like what's like called blending.
1: Yeah, I did that uh, in the past,
0: but on fiberglass because fiberglass, like yeah. you're already going to put abrasion on it with the sander because it's not as hard as porcelain. Yeah. So you don't always need to etch it. Okay. For it to adhere correctly.
1: Yeah. Because it has a pores. Once you, exactly. once you sand it, it's going to create some sort of. Porcelain
0: is different. Porcelain is like you need to get it off.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, like the hotel that, like the Cabana Bay Hotel, all their tubs on the floor have like a gel coat.
2: Yeah.
0: That shit is so bad. So hard to get off. It won't come off with chemicals. Really? I hate it. And we have to yeah. sand all of it off. And, and we have to use like 60 grits. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. one of the most time-consuming parts of the, the whole thing. Yeah. If we didn't have to deal with that, we, like, a lot of our problems would be gone. It's the sanding, man. And you're just there sanding and sanding and all the dust. And then you got to clean it up because you're about to paint in there. <laughs> it's, it's very annoying. Yeah. I can but, imagine that. It's like a thick gel coat on the floor. It's, it's a marine coating, and it's starting to yellow, so it looks nasty.
1: And, and, it, and it's not hard enough for you to just uh, scuff that in itself? Or is it once you start sanding, it just starts lifting?
0: I, um, it, it, it's on there hard. We, technically, we can spray over it, and it'll be fine. But it, it's like in a square shape. Okay. And if we apply our non-skid over it, it looks, it looks really weird. weird. Yeah. Also, it's kind of textured. It has like a ripple. Okay. Because so, it was made for non-slip. Yeah. And I don't know why that hotel paid for that, but that's very annoying. Like, they even have that. Um, it just it takes a long time to get off. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you have to go through four or five sheets of sandpaper to get it off. It's, yeah. But that's one of those things, yeah. man. It's just, there's always.
1: Once I run into like that, that problem, I'm gonna, I'll let you know how I go through it. Yeah, man. I
0: mean, I I want... I've been asking... I, I call, like, Marine coating people. Who are like, use this. But it's, like, strippers that take three hours to work, and I can't wait
2: that long. No, it's not going to... Especially if you're not
1: charging for that extra three hours. Well,
0: exactly. That's yeah, the thing, too. But, I mean, I price the hotel pretty good. Like, a lot of people, when it comes to commercial, they feel like because they're doing more, they should, like, give them a deal. But this is something I tell Trinidad we talk, and I tell people in general... When you're doing commercial labor is not the same thing as a product yeah. you cannot mass produce labor there is no machine yet that goes out there and sprays the tub perfectly and preps it and everything so yeah when they go and buy sponges wholesale it'll cost them a cents on the dollar from what it costs retail but when you're painting tubs There's no way to mass produce that. No wholesale. Exactly. Like, in a way where it's cost effective, no. You're asking them to cut corners if you want to be cheap. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that would just, you know, be like, yeah, I need the money, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this cheap as fuck. Yeah. So I always say price as close as you can to your actual price. Do
1: you have any regulatory factor in this industry? Like, is there anybody that sets any standard?
0: Not really. (laughs)
1: No, like, like, cause roofing, there's code.
0: There is a, there's. It's not specific to the refinishing industry, but this falls under some sort of, um, like specialty painting and coatings. Uh, yeah, code. I heard that. And so, like, the bottles have to be packaged a certain way if they're going to be shipped. Yeah. Like, if you or if you ever order Midwest, uh-huh. and they ship to ship it to you. They put the tape yeah, around tape. it. Yeah. But like, like we did a hotel in Puerto Rico. Where we did a demo for them, uh-huh. and we had to get the stuff ordered over there, but it, the material can't fly, okay? Because it falls under a certain code where it's like flammable and they can't yeah, fly it, so it has to go by boat. Yeah, never got there. Kind of a pain in the ass. We had to use some sherwin Williams stuff. I I hated doing that. God,
1: I hate I hate using the product that I'm not. Working
0: with. It was the Expert. mix was weird too. Yeah, like four to one.
2: Yeah, I don't like trash.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it came out nice because my brother, who had been spraying for like eight, nine years, he, he was like, Yeah, I mean, I just need to see how it lays, and then I'll. I'll Are be you guys okay. going
1: to target more hotels in the Caribbean? They target us. See, that's a fucking awesome concept. It's such a demand. And I, when I listened to your episode, when you first told talked about it with Trinidad, I was like, I just got to like, call. It's got to be tough to get refinishes over there. I just got a call the
0: other day from uh, Hyatt in Washington, D.C. About going over there to do jacuzzis um, jacuzzis we don't just refinish them, we do something where we convert them into regular tubs by pulling the jets out Sealing them yeah now that is something that I don't really want to share everything about because it's a niche it, It's a very, very niche, and then the thing is, it took a long time to figure out how to do it properly. yeah I'll tell you off record, yeah yeah, yeah. but like. It's not something that I feel like I should, because it's not my idea. Yeah. And the person who came up with the method, they're like, I kind of keep this thing between.
1: And, and I don't blame them. I mean, that's, that's, that's a way to be unique.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, but there's people who do it and there's other ways to do it. It's just the way that we do it, like it's kind of proprietary. Yeah. And we don't want to share every trade, trade single secret. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm very open about everything. Yeah. But I can't go into depth about it. But
1: well, Chick fil A doesn't give away the recipe for Chick fil A sauce. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you could buy it. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: so it, it, exactly. So, and it's not super secret. It's just the method in which it's just, I would have to go too into detail and I would be literally telling you like every single thing. And it's, it's, and, and, and like an easy way to explain it is we anchor both sides. Yeah. So that it could take direct impact. Yeah. And the hotels love that. Support it because it once we're done with it it looks like it was just a garden tub yeah they don't have to rip them out yeah and you could charge a lot of money for this thing oh. because it, it, you know yeah. there's nobody who does this basically pretty much couple a couple of them
2: yeah.
0: yeah um that's
1: that's a great idea. and then i guess i could understand i could kind of figure out what you mean by anchoring it from both sides and yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah well that that that's cool and, and that's what i'm talking about this stuff needs to be talked about for sure. This is how the industry elevates because I'm not going to go steal your, 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 Washington DC hotel bid. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know yeah. what I mean? So like that's, but the fact that you just put that in my head, I'm like, man, how could I, how could I incorporate something unique like that into what I'm currently doing or into my clientele? And what that's going to do is elevate the entire industry in itself as a whole. Yeah. Because if you're doing that, and another ambitious guy hears that he may do that, and then now that's going to motivate you to okay, let me get unique again, let me find the next one and the next one, and then next thing you know, you know, the refinishing industry in itself is just elevating. We're targeting whole new levels of clientele, and if you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do, man. You're going to be successful. So it doesn't really matter if there's others doing it; just be better.
0: The the big thing for us was it's it's connections, but it takes time because we work a lot with diamond resorts. Mm-hmm. Diamond Resorts was just bought by Hilton. Okay. Um, So, like, there's another level there now. There's people who didn't know about us, and now we're going to know about us. We've done some Hilton hotels before, but now, like, a lot of our client list is still Diamond, but now it's under Hilton. So, there's a lot of new Hilton people that we're going to be in their system now. Yeah. And so, I'm expecting that, but uh, Diamond Resorts, um, one of their directors of engineering from a long time ago... Got a call from a friend of his that worked in uh, Virginia, okay, and we traveled over there to do jacuzzis, okay because they wanted it done. It was, the hotel was called Turtle Kay. Um, from there, we did another one in Virginia called the Boardwalk mm-hmm. and then we did uh, we did one in Tennessee called Bear Creek, Bear
2: Creek. okay
0: or Bent Creek, not like that. Um, it's in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, we started traveling around. Yeah. And so I, obviously I post and I put on the website, we are in all these different places. So I think it started catching the eye of international people. Like, yeah. oh, well, they travel interstate, but like they only do commercial in Orlando or uh, residential in Orlando. I wonder if they would come over here. So the first call that I got that was really remote was for a hotel in St. John, which is in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. We did that hotel. We did tubs there, just regular refinishing. Mm-hmm. Their problem their was the materials that are available there suck, yeah. and the local refinishers like, suck. Yeah. And it's not their fault. They, just have, they don't have access Limited, to materials, yeah. and they're not trained properly. And the equipment's not the same. And also, the closest hardware store is like 10 miles away, and it's only accessible by ferry boat. Yeah. Because you, you have to go to St. Thomas yeah. to go to Home Depot. Yeah. All the prices are inflated. It's crazy. Yeah. So we ended up charging them like five thirty-five per tub. There was 80 tubs or something like that. So a nice little project. It yeah. didn't take long at all. Yeah. And we, when you're doing international, this is something that if you ever do something like where you've got to go to a different you know, place, yeah. um, you've got to plan the logistics of it. So you've got to know where the closest hardware stores are, all that mm-hmm. stuff, just in case something goes wrong. But also you've got to pre-plan as much as possible. And you've got to let the hotel know. You guys are responsible for our rooms. Yep. Like, whether we're staying on site or somewhere else, we need accommodations. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you should be comfortable sending the bill for anything that wouldn't be a cost if you were doing it at home. Yeah. Food, travel. Like, they need to pay for rental cars. They need to pay for the shipping of the material back and forth and your equipment.
1: And that hotel did all of that. So did you break those costs down in the overall sale price you did all those uh analytics like before you gave the tub price some of it i'm i'm i charge them
0: an inflated price because we're over there yeah even though we have them covering all the other stuff we're still missing out on being home yeah and and you know keeping people away from home you got to pay them more absolutely you know so like so we had to charge more yeah and obviously, we need to make a little bit more if we're if we're going you're, out of I mean, our way you're to literally go over going so. Over an ocean. But what I did uh, for the general cost, I did not put that into the tub price. What I did was I told them I will send you receipts okay. of everything as we're buying it, and then at the end,
1: I reimburse
0: exactly, you will okay. reimburse us, and that's exactly what they did. They agreed to it, and I made
1: them sign off on that. I mean, that's no. how the military works. Exactly like what, you, what you what you what you were describing. You know, just reminded me of like a deployment cycle. Yeah. You know, because we figure all those logistics out prior. You know how we're gonna where we're gonna stay, how who's gonna pay? Because funding, even for the military, goes it comes from somewhere.
0: And for them, it's
1: nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It's
0: nothing. Because mm-hmm. how that, many guys did you
1: take
2: over? Uh, three. Yeah, that's, three.
0: And then my dad supervised that project. That was when he was still involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like, um, you know, because we planned the logistics and we were like okay, it should cost about this much, and then, yep. um. Once we got everything approved, we make sure everything was signed because then there's no questions at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I put on there that, like, I put everything that's the basics, right? Accommodations for lodging, accommodations for, like, unforeseen material costs, all this stuff, travel. Like, they paid for rental cars and taxis and anything we needed to do. But I also put on there, if there's any unforeseen expense that we would have otherwise not had to pay if we weren't working remotely, that's also needs to be covered yeah and that's in the scenario that
1: no shit budget
0: yeah well yeah. like your, what if your compressor dies yeah and you got to go buy one for three grand at the sharon williams over there because it costs three grand because you're in the island
1: yeah
0: well, guess what that happened to us in puerto rico <laughs> like they wouldn't let us fly with it yeah we already had everything planned and i called the guy at eight in the morning i'm like just so that you know i'm gonna exercise that thing that i have there. Like, yeah it was written in there for a reason i'm like all right yeah. First day we get to Puerto Rico, I had to go buy one. Yeah, just you know,
2: that's, that,
1: they really reimbursed like that approach, man, and that's the kind of thing that I was looking for because not only uh, DP puts on actual technical mm-hmm. expertise, I think that you're kind of giving the industry expertise for, for the sure. business owners, yeah. and that's big time lacking in a lot of industries because what you're doing is giving secrets. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're you, all these things you're doing does give you a competitive advantage. By only you knowing.
0: Well you know? But, but people, people mistake you being the only one that knows it for like, like an advantage. But I think it's kind of a disadvantage. Because if other people, if you're sharing the information and other people are like, oh, thank you for that information. And, it's, and somebody who's working for a hotel goes on your Instagram and sees like, oh, yeah, that clip where you're talking about logistics and stuff. Like, look at all these other refinishers commenting. Well, these guys. Are the
1: authority. You know, that's, you're 100% right because that's how it went down. You. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I told you how I found the podcast. I was in the middle of a refinish and I was like, you know, let me just Google. Let me just search it. There may be someone talking about this stuff. And I found the podcast and it, what it did is I didn't even know your company existed. But now I do. Oh, for sure. And now I know that you're, you know, you're making moves. And so you established your reputation within the industry just like that with I believe I'll be a player. For sure, you know. So, like, I expect us to have a, a, a really good professional relationship where we could possibly collab and make some things together. Um, and if I would have not looked at your podcast, and if you wouldn't have taken that extra level to become that that guy with the podcast, and who's when I think of who's, who's doing this and who's who's talking about it, I'm thinking of you. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a good step for you, man. And, then, and, and,
0: and and then other people, believe it or not, residential people will look on Instagram and see like. All these people are thanking him for his tips or his advice or whatever the hell. He must know. He must know. I want him. I will pay more for it. Yeah, absolutely. And hotels know that too. Yeah. We did one hotel, that one hotel, and then we got the one from Puerto Rico that called us. And we're like, hey, you guys want to come up to Puerto Rico? I had a call once from a hotel in Jamaica. It didn't happen, but it's like... You do one, and then they, it gets around that like you travel. Yeah. Because a lot of them have the same logistical issues at home, where like they can't have people locally
1: do it. I mean, hospitality is the community's tight knit. Yeah. They yeah. work crazy hours, you know, and they like think of bars. Yep. You know, you get off work at what two a.m., but you want to go have fun now. So they have late night <laughs> bars that hospitality workers go to, and they network. For sure. it's, it's probably, and it's the same thing with hotels. You know, you got the cleaning people hang out with the cooks, and the cooks hang out. They hang out with the director of engineering. For sure. And they talk, yeah. and, and, that, and that's how it goes. So yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. And so when,
0: whenever you're in the scenario where you're doing that, again, just make sure you're charging what you need to charge. And it's, you always got to remember they know yeah. when they're reaching out from the mainland. Like it's gonna cost them. Yeah. Nobody just goes over there for this. They're not gonna. They know they're not paying. It cost seventy five.
1: A shit ton just to build that thing there. Yeah. You know, because obviously, if refinishing bathtubs takes this much of logistics, imagine major renovations that they do all the time over there. And
0: also, those hotels corner the market because they're the nice hotel in an underdeveloped area. Exactly. And they're charging thousands of dollars a night. Yeah. They won't flinch when you tell them five hundred and all expenses. They're yeah. like, Okay. We made that in two days.
2: Yeah. Market or.
0: Yeah. You know, not even a day sometimes.
2: Yeah, no, they're
1: making big money. Man. With their resort fees and their freaking like parking lot costs and you think that, that being in Orlando has given you an advantage, um, with the commercial industry? Yes. For refinishers out in Oklahoma and you know, places where tourism isn't as uh thriving as it is here in Florida.
0: In the Midwest where they have real winters, mm-hmm. refinishing is it's it's basically seasonal. I don't know if you know tub relasing by April. or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her business is kind of seasonal. Oh. She's over here until August, I think. Okay. She's in New Smyrna Beach right now.
1: Okay.
0: Um, uh, but she had mentioned cause in the in the Discord that I invited you to, she yeah. she she had mentioned one time that like they can't paint tubs for like four months out of the year. The material is not working. There's snowstorms. There's crazy snowing in general. Like it's just the process isn't the same, it won't work, yeah. And so, like, it's a big advantage there on yeah. the residential side, big advantage because the cost of living here is high, which means more people have more money,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and also, there's a lot of hotels, there's a lot of people here, people in general, just but in general. also, a lot of people from those hotels that I was talking about they work like they've worked in Orlando, like, they like. Because the hospitality is so big here, yep. there's so much hotels here, Florida in general, but Orlando is like the theme parks, you know what I mean? Like, those people were sometimes directors of engineering at a hotel right around the corner, and then they get promoted to something crazy like that, yeah. and it's because, like, they've also worked at six other hotels here. They
1: have a shit ton of experience. It's an industry. It is. In itself, and the city of Orlando, which is, I swear, you know, the, the hotels, the theme parks... Have built Orlando to what it is today, and it, and, it, and the whole city almost thrives off of the tourism, the the hospitality industry.
0: It it, it does, and and there's good things and bad things about it, obviously. But um, I think for like business owners, especially in the construction and renovation, I mean, there is more work than you could imagine for everybody. Yeah, I don't think there. I don't think we'll ever meet the, the demand. Yeah. because. Like, the hotels here are used so much. It's not like... It's not like in the Midwest where, like, all the hotels are hanging around 20 and 30% capacity. Yeah. Even when they're kind of busy.
2: Yeah.
0: Every hotel in Orlando is at 90 to fucking 100% capacity on the regular. Yeah. Because they're in close proximity to the theme parks. Especially and the,
1: the, the uh, freedom that the state of Florida has had with the COVID. That's another thing. People are coming here crazy. You know? and, it, and it honestly kept me in business. You, you see, like, I'm telling
0: you, like, I keep coming back, but it's just it's the most relevant thing. I can think of the Cabana Bay Hotel. They're at capacity for Martin Luther King. Yeah. Weekend. People have one extra day off. That's it. That's it. A hotel with, they total 2,200 rooms. They have 1,800 tubs but they have 2,200 rooms. The rest of them are showers. Yeah. Getting full yeah. like that?
2: Yeah. On over that, a weekend.
0: That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So just imagine the hotel that has 90 they're packed. Yeah. And the thing is, the, ho- the rooms are used more. So the hotels here renovate more often because everything's getting more use. Yeah. Almost every hotel that I know has the same renovation schedule. They do soft goods every two to three years, and then they do hard goods every um, four to six. Okay. So hard goods would be like tables, chairs, like, um, you know, like the actual furniture. tile in the bathroom if they needed to. Yeah. If they wanted to replace tubs, they would do a big renovation for that. If they did soft good renovations, they would be like changing out the linens, changing out the carpets, changing out the the beds.
1: Yeah, low cost versus high cost.
0: But refinishing is interesting because it's so not invasive that we're working with Cabana Bay during their soft good renovation. Okay, but also it could be argued that we can be used during the hard good renovation. Because if the rooms are going to be down and people are doing work and it's construction in there, what if they damage some tubs? Are they going to replace them or refinish them?
1: Lose a room for multiple days yep. again.
0: And so that's why here in Orlando, a lot of the commercial stuff we have, the majority of it right now, they are ongoing customers. They are regulars. Yeah, they are what we call maintenance. You know, we do their tub maintenance.
2: Yeah,
0: and after we. Some of them, we do the whole project and then, like, we'll warranty it. But they even start understanding that the rooms get so much use, they get damaged by engineering and housekeeping and guests, that they'll be like, just send us the bill for like maintaining them. Yeah. And then and we'll just
1: put a maintenance schedule. Yeah. It'll show up.
0: Or they call on a Monday and be like, hey, can you guys come on Wednesday, Thursday, or like next week and do four or five of them at a time? Okay. And, and, you know, you set whatever you want. You know what I mean? I, I always tell them, yeah. if you guys call me for one or two, I can't really help you with the price that much. Call me for four or five. I'll give you a little discount. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'd rather have all the guys in one
1: place doing one thing. Yes. Yeah, so everyone, you know, that's the best way to add a, uh, utilize your resources. And,
0: and the thing that's fantastic about it is once you get there and you're, the, you're doing tug maintenance on, like, one of the hotels we do is called Leaky Tiki. It's a Diamond Resorts Hotel. Yeah. They have like 800 rooms. But every room has jacuzzis, tubs, and showers. Okay. There's so much. The work never ends. They'll call us and be like, come do four or five. Come do four or five. Come do four or five. But then when they get the renovation budget, they will put you on renovations. And you're doing tubs. You're doing showers. And you're doing garden tubs or jacuzzis all at the same time. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. And the fact that you're doing their little maintenance thing, when they get the big budget, they will take you with them to do real renovations. Yeah. So it's awesome for us as like refinishers.
1: I like that. And it gets you an in with this, you know. The
0: the the thing thing that's crazy about the refinishing industry, and this is why I keep saying like there's not enough information on this side of it. There's like people who talk about the process, but this side of it is crazy important because. The only other people who get maintenance contracts like that are AC people and people who do like,
1: I don't know, like. Like utility type.
0: Yeah, type the AC people and the fucking fumigators and the refinishers. Because if a wall chips, they will send a maintenance guy to go touch it up with paint. Yeah. They will, they're they not going to call a painting company. Yeah. We, are, we have crazy leverage over the
1: hospitality industry. They can't fix it. An no. average Joe can't fix it correctly. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's that's a good point. having that maintenance schedule keeps the keeps the month busy. Yeah, you know.
0: Sometimes it'll fill two or three days out of the week. Yeah, and I don't even have to worry about. Yeah, I got a call the work, day yeah. from from yeah. the hotel that we do called Grand Beach. They're always calling us about their shower pans. Yeah, that's what we go. We go up there. We do that, and they'll call us for three, four, or five at a time. Yeah, and whenever they get they're doing their PMs, their preventive maintenance schedule they know they're going to have rooms down. They'll call for 20 or 30 at a time. It's, you know. Yeah. It's it's great when when you when you find that balance when you get into commercial, it's awesome because it starts to really become like there there's disadvantages and advantages. Sometimes you got to like kind of keep in mind this hotel might call. Yeah. So like you don't want to pack your schedule so tight where you can't
1: get to them. You can't accommodate
0: because I mean, realistically, I would rather go and make $1,300 at a hotel than like doing a $1,300 job residential, even though it might be more work. Hotels tend to be a little bit less picky because you're doing so many of them. Yeah. And there's not somebody breathing down your neck and, you know, yeah, they're like, a little oh, bit more comfortable. It looks
1: white. It looks nice. Yeah. Cool.
0: And, and it's not like, again, not saying you're going to go do a bad job, but just saying that, like, they already know what to expect because yeah. you do so many of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's that the... The law factor, because exactly. I mean, when you bring a home a residential client in, they're like, "Oh my God, my tub!" Da, da, da. And you bring a director of engineering, and he's seen three hundred because you're on an eighteen hundred. Like, project. It looks like a tub. He's
2: like, all right, cool, yeah. Excellent.
1: Yep. Yeah. He's like, so, "That's a tub." And 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 I feel like a lot of people want to tap into this market, like, but it it's it it depends where you're at, you mm-hmm. know. Do you have the opportunities, and are you equipped? Yeah. You know, because you're 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 pretty much telling a, a corporation that you can handle the maintenance, you can handle. An $1,800 $1, tub bid. And a lot of refinishers, I'm realizing, aren't capable. Well, they're not capable. Manpower-wise.
0: Because, and again, like we are talking about, it's greed. Yeah. A lot of the refinishers, a lot of them, even some of the ones that we've talked about, like they'll tend to do things themselves as much as possible. And they'll be like, well, I don't want to spend the extra money to hire somebody." Yeah. I want to like, I'll just do it myself or I'll, you know, me and my one guy, or me and my two guys. And the problem with that is that you're not ready for when something big hits. Yeah,
1: you have no scalability.
0: And this is something that I explained to, I was talking about my aunt having a business, but my uncle, her husband was asking me about like, so like, cause he's almost 40 and he's still spraying, And he's like, you and your brother don't do like the spraying or any of that anymore and i'm like no and he's like but like don't don't you think it's expensive to like hire people just for that type of thing when you guys could do it and keep more of the money i'm like if i did not have the flexibility of time yeah i would not have landed cabana bay can't run a business. i couldn't have been at the networking event yeah that let me talk to that guy
1: yeah and give
0: us 1800 minutes.
1: yep and I, and and I've been in that same situation. I'm in that situation right now. Yeah. When you lose guys, then you have to step in. Yeah. Back to doing it and, and you kind of take away some of those, those network opportunities because you're actually involved with the uh, refinishing portion. Yeah. So, it, and it's all about mindset. You have to see long term versus short term. That's what it is. And it's
0: scary because it's like you're used to like making enough for you. Now you got to make enough for other people. Absolutely. And yeah. then you start dealing with budgets and like Oh, my God, but I can't, I can't let them hanging, but I need time to do this. In, but you need to have some time to where you can go network and go promote yourself and meet people who are going to open doors for you. Exactly. Because if you're just doing residentials, you're going to get only residential doors, man. Yeah,
1: well, look what we said when we first walked in. Damn, it's early for us on a Saturday. But this is what it takes, brother. It is. You know, and a lot of people aren't willing to wake up early on a Saturday and drive to Orlando. I am. And I want to be here with you talking about bathtubs on a Saturday morning because that's what it takes.
0: Exactly. That's That's, what it takes. That's what it takes to build a a company, man. Like, too many people just get comfortable being where they are. They become conformists and they're just like, oh, this is it. Yeah. But like, it doesn't have to be. There's always more.
1: There's always more. and, And, you know, we've both been through it. The pressure. Oh, yeah. You know, when you got guys and their families to consider, and you have to have work and you have your own family to consider, um, the pressure can deter people from growth. Sure. You run through that rough patch and you feel that pressure and it's on, and you're like, I don't know if I like this. It's easier to just paint the shit myself. But you're always going to be painting them yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're not going to land that, that gig in well, Puerto Rico. And this is
0: something that I, I like to preach now. Like, because my eyes have opened a little bit over the years, because I've always had like, that anxiety in the back, like, I'm de- I, I have all these you people know, that the depend liability. on me yeah, but I know if worse came to worse,
1: we'll fix it, your damn self
0: either that or like let's say everything falls apart tomorrow, I can still get residential customers, and me and my brother could do it how we did it before yeah, make a living. And you know the difference is now, we fucking bustled around some all these projects where we have the money where we you know we can we will get back to that faster, yeah because we have the resources
1: and it's a whole, it's a strategy in itself your the approach you know you realize like okay if we can if we can up project dollar value to where we don't need to generate uh, a, a tub or two every single day mm-hmm. then you create stability in a market that isn't always stable mm-hmm. you know like for example christmas i'm sure a lot of people in the industry took some hits Around holiday times because people don't want to spend money on refinishing their bathtubs after buying presents. But you landed an $1,800 tub contract that kept you busy busy. through Christmas. But you also took that pressure, the liability of performing and and, and living up to the contract standards.
0: Yeah, and you do take a hit a little bit when you're doing commercial, but it's not as big. Like, obviously, during the week of the holidays, we can't be there. They're full. Absolutely, yeah. You're taking a hit there, but hotels pay every 30 days. I don't know if you knew. Yeah, net 30. Net 30, yeah, it's the
3: standard. Mm-hmm.
0: You might get a check that week or the next week. You're going to get it. If you're working there every day, it's going to come a point where every week you get a check. If
1: you wanted to I'm sure if you needed some money and you needed to book a residential job for the weeks you of could. Christmas, you could. For sure, I did. Exactly.
0: Three mm-hmm. days a week, I had my guys. And, and it's a good change of pace for them, too. Yeah. Because they're not worrying about all these rooms. They're like, I just focus on this, and it comes easier.
1: Yeah. And, you know, opening up, it's like an arsenal know, that's, that's, that's another tool in your toolbox to generate income, you know, and, and if commercial never work, stops working for whatever reason, you go back to residential, and, if you, and you're always going to stay flexible, and that's what's going to make a, a, a business have longevity.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, great for the guys. it's great for the guys. I urge you that whenever you do get into commercial stuff, whenever you have a project where you're doing a lot of rooms like that, even if it's five or ten. When, you, when you're training people, that is the
2: best time to train them. Yeah, I bet.
0: Because there's one room after the other, after the other, after the other. And the thing is, even with tubby finishing in general, like, you want, obviously, you want them to start training, like, in a controlled space, but if the, all the only issue they're having is distance problems or they're getting a run here and there. That's the best place to get all of that out. Yeah. Because you can fix a run the next morning real quick.
1: That's what I like about it is because if you do have a small issue... No, you still got five more bathrooms tomorrow morning. Yeah. You know, so you may send a guy in 20 minutes. Hey, go fix that and move forward. Exactly. Our Ralph started spraying last March,
0: something like that. Um, and we've had him at Cabana Bay, and he was having a problem with his distance, Mm -hmm. and also he wasn't spraying enough material. He was getting a lot of rough patches and stuff. Yeah. Which that happens for those two reasons, but he had both the problems. Okay. So distance, and he wasn't shooting enough.
1: And, that's, and from, that's from confidence. Yeah. You know, you're scared to spray too much. At
0: Cabana Bay, man, it didn't even take him that long. Three weeks, like, of, of constant.
1: Because think about your commute to a residential unit. That's what? Say, what would you say is an average residential commute for your territory? It's like 30 minutes, 30, 30 45. minutes. You're 45. You could probably do two, at least two a day. Yeah. That's an hour in between experience. That you just reduced times. How many tubs were you guys doing a day that that he got involved 15. with? So he just took 15 tubs of experience and put it into one day. Yep. Versus two with all that travel in between and, and distractions. You're yeah. right.
0: He got the kings out real fast. Now Ralph, he'll go to a residential job and he doesn't even blink. Like he's just like, send me pictures. Like, look, it's good,
1: right? Yep. Like, have you ever considered uh, rehosting classes and then using your your? uh your commercial units as infield experience for prepping you could reduce some cost on manpower i actually did
0: that. and i and i told my brother about it but the thing is i don't i don't want the a hotel like that you know what i mean it would have to be a different i think that would be better for like like one of those maintenance things where they call me for five okay yeah because that hotel's a little bit high profile
1: and you want to represent it as as exactly.
2: such?
0: Exactly. I don't want them to be like, "Oh, you have students here." Absolutely. It's like you know. It's like if you're about to get a heart surgery and you figure out that a fucking guy. <laughs> you don't want the
2: barber who's practicing cutting like,
0: your hair. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Imagine yeah, yeah. you're about like. It's like we're paying for this guy. Yeah. Come yeah. on.
1: I mean, and it necessarily how much oversight? So when you go into commercial bid, is the, like you said the director engineer is breathing down your neck? He was a little bit, but not
2: anymore. No. Okay.
0: Well, because. It's all about the expectations. There was things he didn't
1: understand about the process. There's a lot of imperfections. On Maybe year one. two or three with him. Yeah. And then you bring some some students in. Because at that point, he's going to be like, man, Daniels knows what he's doing. I'm not worried about it. It always comes out all right. And that's when you get the opportunity to possibly bring. And I would say probably preppers. Preppers would probably be prepper, the best bet. Yeah, that's how you, how you get a prepper to do 15 tubs in a day. Dude, in two, three days, he's going to be a professional prepper. Yeah. And and refinishing, obviously, yeah, you want that to come out. Correct.
0: We always so, we always break it down, so they're never doing fifteen. They'll prep three each. Yeah. Or
1: you know, but it's about the I was doing say the it one after the other yeah, after the like, other. and you walk outside and he's doing one and you know your guys are talking to each other whether we realize it. That's what mm-hmm. I've learned. Think you you think you're cool with your employees, but they're they always have talking their for sure, their yeah. own So if like for me, I may have a guy in you know, Tampa, I may have a guy in Zephyr Hills. But if all of my crew in the same hallway, all working on tubs at the same time, they're going to bounce back and forth. They're going to talk to each other. The, the environment is producing knowledge in mm-hmm. itself. And, and I never thought of it that way. So you're right. The tubs would be a great place to start getting these guys experience. Or, I'm sorry, the hotels. Yeah. It's yeah. a
0: great place to get experience in because you have access to so many rooms. Yeah. And like, again, Ralph was yeah. different because he, was already, he knew how to spray already. Yeah. But he had the little things. And when you're spraying with, that's something that if you would have had the gun with the air valve, yeah. it's like you turn it down, but then he would have never known how to spray like this, yeah. which is the way that is better for him. Yeah. Because if he could spray two coats that's the equivalent to four, good on him, man. Yeah. Like, and it's better less time, especially when you're spraying 15.
1: Yeah. Like that's, you're putting 30 coats. And, and that's what makes the difference between experienced and amateur. Yeah. Is that ability to take that coating to that ex- limit of, 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 of uh, wet mills to where mm. before it starts running. Yeah. You know, if you can apply that to that perfect moment, that's what tells you that this guy knows exactly what he's doing and why we can take a commercial bid. Yeah. An amateur refinisher will not be able to produce enough tubs quick enough. It's because just,
0: they'll be like, I need to do four coats because all they know is one way. And exactly. there's other ways. There's ways. And yeah, it involves yeah, like it involves. learning. It's harder. Mm-hmm. But I could give Ralph one with a with the air control and he'll spray perfectly fine yeah. cuz he knows how to adjust. Here he he knows how to spray at 1000. He could spray at 700. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's it's yeah. it's always better to learn it a little bit more difficult if you can. Uh some like one of my guys, Damon, he always sprayed with the air valve. And one day he used the other gun and he's like, "I kind of like this more." Yeah. Cuz it's, it's more comfortable. The gun connects up here. Yeah. It's kind of out of the way. And, like, he was running. He's experienced. He was running. Yeah. And we, we kind of had to retrain him a little bit on how to use it this way. Yeah. Also, he's yeah. used to opening the needle up a lot more because he has the air pressure like to compensate. But here, like, you can only do, like, one and a half turns on the... on the Really? Yeah. If not, like, your fan's going to be like this. Okay. So we, we keep it around here.
1: Yeah. I go about...
0: Yeah. And, and everyone's different. I Gene, like I was talking about Gene, yeah. he sprayed like that. He sprayed smaller, but his tubs were like super, he was super consistent. But that was just where he was comfortable too.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I thought about uh, how do you feel about consistency with equipment? Having crews, all guys use the same equipment. And my thought process behind that was when they have issues, you know, adjustment issues or mechanical issues or cleanliness issues with their equipment, if everyone was on the same page they would be able to diagnose these problems a little bit more efficiently between each other.
0: In commercial settings, In commercial settings I handle that. Yeah. Just because, like, sometimes it's, like, when you're shooting so many coats on the top, it'll start to cake up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, get hard. And sometimes they just need to switch guns. Yeah. Because I'm not going to have way around for me to clean them. Yeah. So they'll switch guns and they'll use a gun that's not... But I... They, that's good for them too because then they get used to having the guns in different ways. You know that when you get a gun the first day it's the best it's ever going to spray. Yeah. But it, you know there's adjustments then it's like when you tighten it it's a little loose you got to tighten it more then the seal goes bad it starts leaking and they know now how to troubleshoot all of that. My brother does this thing where he tie, he shows up how, how to tie a terry towel around the cup when it's leaking if you don't have an extra seal. Yeah, And Ralph... Learn that, so when his gun's leaking at a residential place, he already knows. Yeah. But it was because he had to deal with different equipment, and sometimes one gun is newer than the other, and, you know, he's got to tweak it, sometimes he's got to uh, loosen up the, the, the needle a little bit, because on that gun, it's a little bit more worn.
1: I found out that, like, that like, when I had, so I, I was, I had one guy using Titan. Mm-hmm. Two guys using um, uh-huh. And then we're buying all these gaskets and stuff like that for the guns. In the logistical, my concept, like all, everyone using the same equipment, I was able to buy, I, I tried trans, to transition everybody to Fuji. Mm-hmm. And it was because Fuji, to me, is the easiest company to order parts from Amazon. Okay. And you know, in, in times where you need that once, I, I have limited resources, I don't have 15 guns. Yeah. So if one gun goes down, you know, it can obviously cause issues. So having excess parts was important for me, so that way guns weren't going down. It was much easier for me to order ten gaskets. That's one,
0: same thing with me and the Titan guns. Yeah, we, we just use the Titan
1: cap spray. So you, you do kind of just stick with Titan. Yeah, cap because spray, yeah.
0: we have so many yeah. of them. Yeah, and, and, and I stuck with
1: Fuji. Yeah. it was just a they both spray amazing. Yeah, I've they use both. I have a Titan cap spray and I have the Fujis, but I was like, eh, Fuji's a little easier to dial in. Yeah, with this knob here versus here. Yeah, and so that's what we.
0: So, yeah, exactly. So it's just a matter of preference at that point. But I always try to keep everything, like, I try to make everything as simple as possible for them. And when we're in a commercial setting, I handle, like, you know, I am the one that cleans their guns. Yeah. Because you're spraying 30 coats. You're going to be a little tired. You might not clean it as well as you should. Yeah. And those guns are kind of pricey. Yeah. Yeah. All those little things I take into account.
1: That's good information, though, you know, because I probably would have had them clean it. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. If you have one guy dedicated just to making those things shine, yeah, and the, I mean, the, I, the finish I, will come out better. These guys could focus on spray.
0: This is all I tell them to do. Rinse the gun out with lacquer and leave a little bit of lacquer in the cup. Take all the pieces off that are chrome drop them inside the cup. Yeah. Next day, I will clean it. The morning, I clean it and the guns look brand new. Yeah. And so every single time they're spraying, everything's how it should be. Yeah. Also, I'll find anything in it because I'll I know run. how to test the guns without the compressor and find the things before they go wrong. Yeah. Like, I could tell if it's clogged. Yeah. I can tell if... Yeah, me too. I've, it's, I've mastered it. Yeah. If,
1: so much yeah. time dealing with fuck-ups. Bro, oh, <laughs> I,
0: can, I can take oh, those I, guns I, apart in yeah. ways, like, motherfuckers would be like, what
1: the fuck? Like I, I, can, I know every piece. Exactly, me too. Literally every piece of, of the Fuji T-70. Yeah. I've worked with it so much. I take the whole thing apart. I can rebuild it. And it was because I ran into so many... Well, which what I didn't know how to do because I didn't have oversight, which direct oversight in the beginning, I had oversight. I trained with my cousins and over the phone, but you know, you're in that situation there today, you know, and I had to take this whole thing. I would have airflow issues or, or flow issues with the paint or restrictions. And I was like, I didn't know how to troubleshoot the the, the issues before I'd had to take the whole gun apart. Now, because I understand the mechanics of the gun and how the gun operates, I can isolate the problem. Oh, it's not okay. We have an airflow issue. No, this isn't airflow. We have airflow. So we have a flow issue with our with our product. Okay, it's not that. It needs to be thinned. you know what I mean. And and you know,
0: experience. Yeah, and having more in a project setting, you always want to have extra, especially spray guns, because you don't want to have the guy have to troubleshoot it. And when you're when you're look forward and you see that they have so much to do. Yeah. So it's definitely slow me down. I just pour it into another cup. I'm like, use this one. I'll figure out what's wrong with it. Yeah. Most of the time, that's good. And then and then if something happens with that one, the other one's ready because I'll clean it out and I'll make sure everything's good. Yeah,
1: and you guys are still doing residential though, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so residential's where they'll get their troubleshooting experience. Exactly. Because you won't be there. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I always give them phone support, you know, if they yeah. need something. Yeah. Uh, one time, Ralph called me when he was first learning. He was like, the trigger it just keeps, like, it's getting stuck when I pull it. I'm like... I know exactly what's wrong. Can, do, you, do you have an idea? And he's like, I, I really don't know, man. I'm like, behind the trigger, it's caked up with paint. He's like, oh my God, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, you got to get one of those two brushes and, yeah. and clean it out. He cleaned it out. He was like, oh, God, it's freaking working. Dude, thank God.
1: One guy I have right now practically has a uh, boy, Tyler. He's a, no, he, uh, his brother, I was in the military with his brother, mm-hmm. and he was one of my first employees, and he stuck with me. He, he's he's going to become a great painter. Um, but he has literal OCD. He has the cleanest gun I've ever seen. And he sprays every day. And, and I'm like, this is the best habit for you to have in this industry. It is. Like, you keep your gun cleaner than, I mean, it shines. And yeah. He paints every day. I'm like, this is awesome. There are
0: people like that, man. I'm but like, then again, you keep mentioning Gene. He's not here anymore because some other issues. But yeah. um, he had the dirtiest gun in the world. <laughs> but yeah. would Spray Perfect. Yeah. I hated it.
1: Yeah. I tell Tyler, because Tyler gets on my case because the outside of my gun is dirty. I'm like, you know how many bathtubs I paint? Yeah. I'm like, as long as the inside's clean, man. That's all that really matters. I'm like, I I can't keep up with it. I'd be cleaning this thing because I do a lot of residential. So I'm actually having to get up and get out of there to get to that next project, man. And, you know, so as long as that inside stays clean, but his outside of his gun shining, I'm like, whatever, man. As long as you're doing a good job and I don't care how you go about it.
0: Yeah, man. It's pretty awesome. So, do you have any questions or anything that you want to know?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about a lot. We talked about a lot.
0: we I don't know. We did a whole other hour here when I, like, redid it. And yeah. I think we were, like, an hour and a half in on the other. Shit. So, like, we've been here for a minute. But, yeah, man, I mean, I'd like to have you back if you're willing to come back. Maybe yeah, we can figure out, like, a theme or something.
1: That's what I was thinking. You know, start putting some ideas. I thought about it on the way. Yeah, and I, and I was like, man, I would really like to come with some quality. For sure, I don't waste anybody's time with you know? yeah. I want to come back with a purpose. And, and but I really, this was great to talk to you and, and really get an idea of what you got going on here, man. I'm excited for you.
0: Thank you, I appreciate yeah, that. This and is cool. I'm glad that you were willing to come. Oh yeah, uh, and it's like we talked about. There's a lot of people who just like, they just they'll look at it and they'll watch it, but
1: they'll be like, I don't want to. It's intimidating. You know, you got to come up here and talk, and especially. I, I could understand. Well, I'm new at the industry. I'm not brand new, and I produce a lot of work every single day. But um, still new, considering your dad, mm-hmm. been doing this for like damn near your whole part of your whole life, and yeah, he, you've been involved with it your whole life. something here? Yeah. So I'll, and and, and the, I know where I stand. I'm pretty much a rookie, man. And and but I'm ambitious, and I and I and I do take pride in it. And I want to take the industry as much of the next level as you, because I want my family to eat. For sure and just like you do right and and for us to do that it's got to be us out of these people's homes and taking this industry in a direction that creates some substantial revenue
0: so that that's i guess uh, let's end it on that what is your goal at the end of it like
1: your goals for what you're doing for what i'm doing so i don't know man i'm all over the place I'm, Go ahead. i I, uh, I have a other business ventures too, but for this business venture, I would like to. I would like to tap into commercial,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and become an overall interior solution expert. Okay, does that make sense? Uh, for sure. You know, just becoming well versed in all types of industrial coatings, um, possibly manufacturing, possibly distributing, possibly going to Puerto Rico with you. <laughs> you know, just all t- what really whatever. Man. I'm. I'm really just trying to take it as far as possible. Okay. And
0: so for me, my goal at this point, because I've done a lot of the things yeah. that there is to do, I want to take my company, Bathtub Guys, to a national level. Absolutely. So right now, there's only one big national player. Yeah. And it's Miracle Method. Yeah. I want people to not even think of Miracle Method. Yeah. And it, for a couple of reasons, I don't think that they do a bad job or anything but I think that they've gotten too comfortable for too long being the only ones mm-hmm. that have franchises and all this stuff. Yeah. And also um, I think their name is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really tell. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it, it, it's, I think that have, it's, it sounds kind of weird, but having a company with a name that is not relevant to what it's doing at all. Yeah. It kind of is bad for the industry that they're the yeah. leaders.
1: Yeah. I mean, the industry has some crazy, weak points. Yeah. And, and like anything in, in business, competition is good. For sure. Because if not, you get a monopolization. Mm-hmm. What we don't realize is that these French, these major players, they set the pricing standards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If whoever's doing the majority of the work sets the standard whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so whoever's setting that standard is, and dictating what our, our skills are valued at is important. So we need co- competition.
0: Yeah, and it's the same thing with, like, we, if we don't have any of that, we will become stagnant. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened in the communication in yeah. general. Like, we can, we can be competitors, if you want to call it that, or be whatever, you know, acquaintances. We are a network. Exactly. Without hating each other and feeling yeah. like, oh, you're taking food out of my mouth. It's like, it's not all that, man.
1: It's only that if this is the only thing that you know how to do.
0: But even if that's the case, it's like there's car painters that only know how to paint cars, but they know that just because, like, DuPont is, like, the number one in the world, that doesn't mean that you're not going to make it. We're also from an internet age.
1: Realize how big the world is. Yeah. You know, when you're refinishing in Florida for 30 years, you kind of forget that there's more than just a local competition and there's more ways to re- outreach to clients and to gain that, that, that business, mm-hmm. you know, we, we come up in an internet generation where we're taking a trade from our father's generations, for sure. You know, and we're really implement kind of like you mentioned to me becoming the, 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 the fathers again, I guess you could call yeah. it, you know, modernizing the industry and, and that's going to
0: globalize it. Well, regardless, we'll be looked at as fathers of industry because Nobody cares who the first one who did it is. Yeah. It's the first one who makes it popular. Yeah. Look at like the guy who was the, the guy who made the light bulb. He, he actually like stole it. Like nobody talks about the guy who actually made it. We talk about whatever. Check out is. McDonald's, man.
1: Yeah. Everything you
2: see is, what happened to them, who the yeah. original guys. Everybody
0: and, knows Ray Kroc. Nobody knows the other guy. It's like. Yeah. It's whoever popularized it. Whoever made it. The,
2: the trend or the.
0: Elon Musk and Tesla. Exactly. He didn't create it. He's just the CEO of the company. Yeah company's been around.
1: But when you bring it to the forefront and you make it popular. Well, you're doing that on this commercial tip, man. The way you're able to manage your team. What you talked about today really is going to happen is people are going to analyze what you said in your processes. It's that simple. I thought it'd be more intimidating. Yeah. You know, but you still got to go pull that trigger. Yep. You can't teach balls. No. You could talk about the process all day. Who's going to go... Th- to the front of the director of engineers say, I can do your 1,800 tubs. Yeah. And there's going to be limited amounts of guys who are willing or even able or capable to do that. And the ones that are, are going to build a healthy competition within the industry, which I think will raise prices and teach the hotels that this is. There's people out here who can handle these projects.
0: And, and say it with confidence and know what you need to know. Yeah. You, you should have answers to every question that they can have. Yeah. Because if you don't, and if you stumble on one, they automatically just don't take you as serious. Yeah. You need to know their issues and how to address them and get in front of all that stuff first because that's the key for them knowing, like, I can trust you with all these rooms.
2: Yeah. That's
0: why big guys get big deals.
1: You know when you're talking to someone who knows their shit. Yeah. And when you're talking to
2: someone who doesn't.
0: Yep. And if you really don't know, you guys tell them I don't know, but don't just make something up. Don't lie. Don't. Well,
1: that's how I felt coming here. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I fucking got all the answers. I'm new. I have some answers. I've obviously been doing Well, same decent. thing with
0: me. I, I I didn't even know that, like, the, the, the thumbtack thing, I've never used that. I want to look into that. Oh, it's, You're going to do great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, that's another reason, like, it's opening the communication. Yeah. For the industry in general, I feel like this is a way of them... Even the people who don't have the balls, maybe. Oh, let me uh, refer you
1: though so I can get my cut. <laughs> even. <laughs> <From> thumbtack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah.
0: But um, even those people who, who might not want to come on or any of that, at least they get something from it and like, can hear other people who might, maybe they feel the same way. Yeah. And if you don't want to come on, at least comment. Yeah. You know, tell us your opinion. Yeah. Challenge us. Or just make the changes. Yeah. And when we see that everything is changing in the industry for the better, we'll know we did yeah. something.
1: Yeah. You know, and if we're talking about it, that means it's, it's it's moving. Yeah. So we want you know. Well, this is your podcast, and I'm sure you want people to to comment. This whether, is, whether, it's, whether it's, it's, it's supportive or not.
0: Look, there's a reason I didn't name this the Bathtub Guys podcast. Yeah. It's not. Bathtub refinishing
1: podcast. Yeah, it's for the industry.
0: It's for the industry. So everybody, I I want to make it clear, like, I it's powered by Bathtub Guys because we use our resources to make this. Yeah. But I am here. And I am willing I don't care. I've invited people who are from Orlando. Yeah. They see me as a competitor. I see it as like we're all in the industry together. I mean,
1: we're competitors. Okay. Like, what it, it is, what it is. Like it doesn't you know, like don't be scared. You're still gonna do your business flow whether I came here or not. And I'm yeah. still gonna do my business flow whether I came here or not. The clients aren't watching this podcast. Mm-hmm. This is for us. And even if they do, they'll be like, "Wow, these guys have their shit together." Like, if you're confident enough to come up here and tell your business strategies, then you're obviously confident that they're going to work. Yeah. And you're obviously confident enough that if it works for someone else, it's not going to impede on you.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, I think we're gonna we're gonna end it there. We did a long time. I'm, I'll get you the actual number after, but for now, I mean, I think that was a pretty good.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I liked it.
0: I enjoyed myself. Were you comfortable? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to show you the shop after. All right. Later, guys. Later, guys. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast powered by Bathtub
1: Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.